Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, In the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructionals right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Boom. And yeah. Back? We're back. Live? Live. Okay. Once again, well, sort of live. Sort of live, that's right. We've been over this. Kind of live. We're a week old. So. Older by the time you guys hear this. Yes, but we're here once again on Friday, ready to talk some shit. Yep. So, just got done watching a clip from True Romance. Classic movie. I'm surprised movie. I haven't seen it. Highly underrated movie. Quentin Tarantino wrote it. You got freaking Brad Pitt. Dude, the Brad Pitt scenes are the best, dude. He's the stoner roommate in California, just smoking out of the uh, the honey bear bong. <laughs> yeah, dude. When you watch it, you're like, holy shit, there's a lot of freaking good actors in this movie. Dialogue's good, got good action. It's on my to-do list for the weekend. Yeah, it's a good love story, man. So I mean, I'm, after seeing that and seeing what it's about, I'm really surprised I have it because, dude, I love like Pulp Fiction. You know, around that same time frame was uh, probably Natural Born Killers. No, that was before that. True Romance was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, a little before that because True Natural Born Killers would have been later '90s, I think. I think. Yeah. That was probably kind of early '90s. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think so. I can't remember if that was before Reservoir Dogs. I think it was. That's a good one too. Reservoir Dogs was super, super good. good. Super good. That was the one that really put Quentin like on the radar where people were like, who is this fucking guy? Dude, I'm going to say something controversial as far as Quentin Tarantino fans go. I think, dude, Hateful Eight is good. Yeah? I I could almost say it's better than Pulp Fiction. I like it better than Ooh. Pulp Fiction. I haven't seen it yet. What? Yeah. Oh, fuck. That's, that's what you got to do. This okay, week. there's I'll my watch, homework I'll assignment. I'll watch True Romance. All right. I'll yeah, watch Hateful Eight. Yeah. It's on. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. It's just... It's Kiel, good, dude. Kiel and I were talking about this the other day. It's like, you know, if we want to watch something that's r-rated then you gotta like plan it out yeah i gotta plan it out or like <laughs> sacrifice the night staying up a little late or yep. something like yeah, that yeah i mean so. that's it's probably close to a three-hour movie yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely it's not uh, meant for six-year-olds and six-year-olds 14 year olds so. yeah so anyways yeah no i gotta check that one out i'm yeah, i love his it's movies good, man dude. from uh remember from dust till dawn yep the vampire movie that one was freaking that one was funny too there's just so many <clears throat> good scenes from those movies. Man, I might be a little biased too because with Hateful Eight, I actually, because it was filmed in Telluride. Mm. And I actually delivered a bunch of shit for oh, that that's movie. That's right. I do. I deliver because Quentin Tarantino still films all his, does all his films on uh, reels. Yeah. I forget what millimeter it was, but reels. Um, I delivered pallets full of reels of film. Huh. Pallets, dude. I, like, I would deliver it like about one a week. Yeah, you know, for several weeks, and I'd have to take them to different spots and different scenes where they were filming and shit. It was huh. pretty cool. That's pretty cool. They had some scenes way back in the hills, like where all these rich fuckers have huge ranches. Oh yeah, and that's where all that like actors' trailers were all set up. Like, and they were doing a ton of filming out there. I had to deliver huh. out there. I had to deliver a bunch of big wagon wheels. The actual st- like the stagecoach, the main one that's in the movie. Yeah, that they filmed a bunch of. Yeah, I delivered all the wagon wheels and shit. Oh, that. that's cool. It's kind of cool. So yeah, you might be a little biased. A little but biased, but you're, still, you're kind of involved, yeah. I mean, man. it's it's definitely Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, style. yeah, yeah. That's so, cool. He'll have to have to check that one out. Yeah. So, but um, anyways, anyways. So it's kind of random way to get started. I know, that's but. It's all right. We fucking smoked a blunt before we started. So. <laughs> we, may, we may have smoked a little too much. We're, yeah, we're doing well. We're doing well to have. Some, we're talking. We're keeping a subject going <laughs> for now. For now. <laughs> Didn't we make a hard left. Yes. So speaking of hard lefts, what do you got? Hmm. So this is the first thing I was thinking about. I was thinking about a bunch of shit. I wanted to ask you how late. So when was the last time? Let me back up. This is very selfish. We're just talking about myself now. Okay. So, I've been, I haven't been working for like a month. Yeah. And it's a different thing. Like, I I was thinking about this. Like, I've had, I've basically started punching a clock and had a boss at the age of 16. Yeah. I had some little breaks in there, but not really. Like, since then, I've punched a clock and had a boss. You know, a routine. Yeah. In essence. And then, so you forget like how many years of your life you just get used to fucking operating like that. And that gives you like direction and structure and shit during the week. Yeah. And I haven't had that for like a month. I don't know. I didn't really notice this last time. But I really started thinking about it through this surgery. Like, man, like to keep yourself like semi-productive, it's not an easy thing. No. When you don't have to really answer to anybody. Yeah. Like, how long did it take you? Like, well, okay, so let me back up. When was the first, last time you actually had to answer to a boss? Because you're entrepreneurial type for those that don't know. Man, I mean, I, the last, if you if you want to get technical, probably the last boss that I had was Patrick at uh, um, 
core elements. Cool. So that was 2007-ish? Yeah, I moved here. It's been about 11, 12 years. It's been, yeah, over 10 years ago, about 10 years ago. And so, yeah, since I moved out and started my own training facility uh, from there, um, yeah, I've been pretty much just doing my own thing. But even like working for Patrick was pretty... That's pretty loose. Loose, man. Call him a boss. Yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't punching a clock, you know. uh, I guess, um, man, I'd say like the last like punch a clock, you're here from this time to this time job that I had was working for... When I was working for the International Sports Sciences Association in Santa Barbara before Kiele and I were even married. So probably going on 20 years ago. Holy shit. Like that was when I, when I literally had to like punch a clock. Is that the one you got fired for your anti-gay comment? I did. <laughs> I did. Yes. That is the one I got fired for my perceived anti-gay uh, comment about. Uh, I remember this. Yes. Story. One of the editors of a magazine based on his haircut and his choice of scantily clad men on the cover so you know anyways um not that there's anything wrong with that right that's (laughs) um so 20 years it's been about 20 years since i did i've had some jobs like in you know no actually i I worked as a valet in hawaii and uh so i did some stuff there so i guess it's probably been less now but it's been as little as possible like i've been making a concerted effort to not have to punch a clock for um probably like 20 plus years so, yeah, I just, I got into personal training. Like, that was just a different mindset. Like, I realized early on that there was, you could make money being a trainer. And so, uh, that just kind of got my mind going in that direction. So, even working for a gym, you know, I was still trying to work towards getting my own clientele and doing my own thing. But, see, that's the problem. That's the e-myth, right? Like, everybody... This is a mistake, and, and training is, is a perfect example for it, right? Because um, it's hard for you to sit there and say, God damn, man, I'm making FedEx a bunch of money. I'm just going to open up my own trucking company and take some of their customers when I go and, and do my own thing. But that's what trainers, a lot of trainers do. Like, they're working somewhere. And they're commercial gym. Commercial gym, right? They're training clients. They're like, fuck, I'm getting paid like, you know, 20 you know, 30 bucks an hour, they're charging 50, 60 bucks an hour. If I was on my own, I'd get to keep all that money. And so, uh, that's the, the, the mindset that drives people to go, I'm going to do my own independent thing. But like you said, you realize pretty quickly, like it's a totally different thing. It's, it's not for everyone. Like that's the thing with this whole, like this entrepreneur thing where like people can go to school now and get like a degree in entrepreneurship or something like that. And it's like, everybody needs to be an entrepreneur. It's like, dude, being an entrepreneur is like jujitsu. It, like, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. It is for everyone, except for after the first few months. Like, it's not for everyone. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not for everyone. Yeah, working for someone, like having some structure, and, and uh, when you're done with your work day, like you're done. Like, you don't have to worry about anything else. It's not your, you know, and so there's something to be said for that. There's pluses and minuses to it. But uh, um, yeah, it's definitely a, a different, um, different lifestyle and mindset that you have to adapt. Well, and then even like the next level. So like if you own a training facility, you used to, I mean, depending on how many coaches you have helping you or whatever, but you're still kind of, you're committed to a 
yeah. your schedule. Yeah, yeah, Because you, know, yeah. you got class times, right. your client times. I had a psycho for so, a boss, and yeah, it was me. Right. <laughs> and right. Like, so if you got a 6 a.m. class or clients, yep. like, you still got to be there, yeah. you know, 5, 5.30, get the gym ready. Yes, yeah. And so you're still waking up, and you, you got something to get you out of bed. Oh, there's definitely like, a routine. Right, a routine. Yeah. You get a routine, routine. Yeah. But so then you stop your training facility. Yeah. And that's where I came up with the word floaty. Right. Like your schedule is very floaty nowadays. I mean, yeah. I'm sure you have things scheduled sometimes. <clears throat> you know, in the morning, like you're going to train or do this or that. Right, yeah. But majority of your days, you don't have to. No. You know, and that's, and that's the life I've been living for the past month. And I was like, God damn. Like, it's a different way to like live, so to speak. You know, and wrap your mind around. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, and I, I, you know, just thinking about myself, like, dude, it would be a big shift, like, for me to learn how to be productive in that floaty lifestyle. You know, but the idea is you have to look at productivity differently, right? Because, like, we've talked about this before. Like, for you right now, productivity equals effort. Right. Right? If you put in X hours of effort, you're going to get X, X dollars X back. Dollars, yeah. So, for you, productivity is that. But for for me, productivity, and this is, I still fight that, right? Because that mentality is there. And this is how people end up just answering emails and thinking, like, oh, I'm being productive. And it's like, no, that's, that's not productive. You have to really drill down with, like, what moves the meter and, uh, and and then focus on that. So there's like a term going around called deep work that it's, this, I don't know, the startup community comes up with these terms. But deep work basically means that. Like you're, the, you're, the surface level stuff is um, answering emails and just kind of like dealing with just like day-to-day stuff. But it's like, all right, what, what's, the, what's the vision you know, where is this going? And now, you know, what work and steps are you taking towards helping it get there? And so they're like the big rocks thing, man. Like that, that's really what it is. Like so many people you get, you basically get trained because as an employee, someone's basically said, there's a task that's, that I have a higher return on my time. Like this task is not worth my time. I can pay somebody X number of dollars to do it and I'm still going to make money because that task is not worth my time. So you're basically, if you're an employee, odds are you're filling a small rock. That's what you're doing. Like, you, you know, if, if you're doing it right, like you're hiring an army of people to take care of the small rocks so that you can take care of the big rocks. You can take care of the big things. And so that's the thing. I, I have employees. I've got a couple guys that I employ because there are definitely things like fucking with my website or answering emails, you know, FAQs, people having trouble with the download or questions or something like that. Um, that's not worth my time. I can pay somebody and, and my time is more productive doing something else. So and they made me better at it. <clears throat> right. They, I mean, they, they, they can use your strengths on stuff that you're Exactly. At. Exactly. But that's the thing. Like I'm, I'm doing that. Like that's a small rock. And so I'm, I'm finding somebody, I'm employing someone to take care of that for me so I can spend more time on the big rocks. And that's really like, that's the trick, man. Like, I think that that's the thing. I think that everyone, um, I don't know, when we when we uh, thought we were going to move to Hawaii and we had that big giant garage sale and then... I scored with the guy. I think I scored yeah. a rower out of that deal. Dude, we cleared our shit out and I, I joked around and I was like, man, I think everybody should pretend they're going to move to Hawaii like once every couple <laughs> of years because it really forces you to clear shit out, man. Like, what? I'm not going to pack this up. I got to ship this over there. Do I really want to ship this? Do, you know, and... You really start to figure out what you want, what you don't want. Um, but I think that people, man, having a side hustle on some level 
and even if it's I don't know I don't know how to put it I just for some people like you don't need to worry about it right I say hey man just just punch clock and do your thing and but I think that there's definitely people who would benefit from starting to kind of understand what the difference between big rocks and small rocks and what makes things move because you start to look at just things differently and so anyways man we've said that like we'll watch a commercial or something and I'm like picking that thing apart from like a marketing standpoint making all these comments and it's just like because that's how I see the world and you know once you it's not it, it changes your perspective on how you you view things and I think that uh really I think that it would be better I think that people would understand what being an employee is and and understand I, I don't know like sometimes like bosses and shit like somebody somebody put out the money somebody gambled the money to create a uh, a, a company, right? And it could have gone belly up and no one was going to come and be like, hey, you know, here's, you know, your money back or something because it went belly up. But like, it did well and so it creates jobs. And then, you know, understanding kind of how what you're doing fits into the bigger picture. Um, you know, that's something we would do. There's a, a, a guy, uh, it's called like open book management or something. It's like the, the system. But, and we would do this with our employees. Like, you know, really try to be open about like, look, man, here's how things work. Here's where the money's going. Here's how, you know, what it takes to keep the lights on. Here's how what your guys' effort is doing to help make sure that goes. Because if the lights aren't on, nobody has a job, right? And so instead of it being like us versus them, which is kind of like how a lot of, of employee-employer relationships are, it becomes we're all on the same team and moving in the same direction, and so, um, but anyways, yeah, it's, I don't know what the fuck that has to do with what I was talking about, but, um, it connected, yeah, it kind of connects, okay, it connected so, in there somewhere, yeah, 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 so, <clears throat> but anyways, it, it just, it, you know, being this lifestyle I've been living for the past month and I will for the next couple months, it's got me thinking about those things more, because then it kind of spiraled me into thinking about, um, the universal basic income, right, because, <laughs> okay, before like I'm kind of I've kind of flipped over to the way you think about it more because like, <laughs> I'm realizing like I think before I was kind of for it I, like you know like I think majority of people would be okay and then now that I'm living this way because yeah. I'm a fairly structured and disciplined person yeah and I'm pretty strong in the head and I can make myself do shit I mean I, I get fucked up sometimes thinking about no stuff no from, you're, you're an outlier with like your but, like I, I can make myself do shit yeah <clears throat> And I do, I mean, I kind of play in there sometimes, but I do understand there's not, most people are fucking lazy and don't have that discipline. And, dude, a universal basic income, I think would expose that. Oh, yeah. And I think it would fuck more people up. I think it would too. I really do. Yeah, I don't, I've told you before, and, and yeah, it's fun now. You I've only been see. doing it for a month, and yeah. I've only been unemployed for a month. Right. It's not easy, man. It's not, yeah. Yeah. Everybody thinks like, oh, it'd be so great just to be your own boss and do this and do that. And, and how much poetry are you writing? <laughs> I haven't wrote a single. Right. I, but I have been coloring. You have been coloring. Right. Yeah. But, but you know what I mean? But you're not like, I'm not you're, you're not just pictures. like, I don't know how to, yeah, the whole thing of like, oh, people have more time. They'll pursue they're, their they're passion. They'll pursue their passion and create things. And it's like, no, they're not. They're not going to fucking do that. Mm. They're, it's not how humans work. We are motivated more by fear of loss than... By gain, and so if you give somebody a thousand dollars extra a month, odds are they're just going to work less. Yep, they're going to work a thousand dollars a month less. I think the majority of people would. They would yeah, work less. I don't think they're going to work more. And in that time that they take off, 
is not going to be devoted towards writing poetry or building a business. Right. Yeah. 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 I don't, I don't see it. And you know, again, like I know, I know there's a lot of factors going on, but I just, I keep pointing to like, man, Alaska's had some sort of, of form of this for a long time. You know, they have the dividend, like everybody who lives in Alaska gets some form of universal basic income. And it's not a bastion of art and creativity and happiness. You know what I mean? It's there's, and again, I know there's other factors, but just you can you can see like just giving someone this money does not take care of shit. There's still a bunch of fucking issues that have to be addressed that are that are really way more important than you know giving somebody a thousand or two thousand dollars a month and taking away people's purpose. That, that's what I was just gonna say. Is yeah. you know, and, and I don't know how to I don't know how to put this. Like I was thinking about this the other day, like it, with, with Aka, like like Aka's seven. Right, and Aka's your dog. Aka's my dog. Yeah, he just grunted. He's 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 the the podcast mutt. So he's seven, but like he does not look like an average seven year old dog. (laughs) I mean, he still looks like a puppy. I mean, people think he's like a black lab puppy. And and I was thinking, I was like, man, you know, like Aka has a purpose because I get him out every day. Like he doesn't know why we get out, but he he just knows that we get out and we go walk around. Like his purpose is to like go out with me and range and whatever that means for whatever him. that means it's right. like he, he for him like we're doing something i don't know I'm what hunt, he is hunting, hunting whatever it is but he has a purpose every morning he wakes up and he's like where are we going i got a purpose you know and you contrast that with like a lot of dogs most dogs and it's like they have zero fucking purpose like i'm sorry but sitting in your lap at home is not a purpose for a dog like these things are fucking amazing creatures. They're Some descendants dogs. of wolves. They're with bread. Some dogs. No, that no. But those are you know. Watch the Salmonella one on the dog right. breeding. If exactly. You want to know our <laughs> thoughts on that? So, um, but my my point is, is I, I realize like the same is for people, you know. And and there's something to have in that purpose. And it's like waking up and going to a job. And again, I think that's where like employees and employers, like employers, need to do a better job of helping people feel like they have a purpose at their job. You're not just punching a clock. That's, that's where these adversarial relationships come from because you don't really understand exactly what am I doing here. I'm just here to earn money and you're making my life a pain in the ass and it looks like you're driving a nice new car and I'm, you know, and it's like, so that's where people get all butthurt over stuff. But it's like, no, if you understand what your purpose is and even if it's like, it's like, man, you're just, it is what it is. You're just, you're, you're, you enjoy what you do, right? Like there's not, not everybody can be an entrepreneur and not everybody's supposed to be an entrepreneur, right. but everybody's supposed to have some sort of purpose. And you know, that's why I like the, the, the thing, like, you know, the guy who is a, a janitor can be happier than the, the fucking star football player who seems to have everything, right? Because the janitor sees the purpose and of what he's doing and finds purpose and meaning in it. And the star football player really doesn't, you know, he's like still, it's the next contract. It's the next, you know, it's a different thing for him. And so that's why that shit comes about. So I, I, I think that taking away people's purpose, which is usually their job and is not going to be, um, for the best, I think what we need to do is do a better job of giving people purpose and meaning within their jobs, not fucking stripping that. Yeah, take, like giving them money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that's the answer. So yeah, but I'm coming around like it, that's yeah, I can see that you you got if you don't have a purpose and if you're not 
I think a lot of people are just kind of operating blindly and they don't really think about it. They don't think about their job being their purpose. But, if, you know, they may bitch about it, moan about it, but if you were to give them a thousand extra bucks a month and take that away from them, wouldn't yeah. necessarily they're gonna be, be they're gonna better, be a little man. Lost. They're not gonna be, and that's it. Yeah, that's and the they thing. don't realize. It. Yeah, well, that's the thing too. With like the, the you gotta realize the, the happiness hypothesis talks about this. Like people just have a happiness set point. I mean, you see this, right? Like some, it, it, it's like you have a thermostat, and it's like sometimes it's, it's set a little higher, sometimes it's set a little lower. But in general, you you tend to have a general happiness set point, and so this is why people who win the lottery. Are like super happy for a short time but eventually they kind of come back to their baseline level of happiness if you have something tragic happen you know same thing people get bummed out but eventually they rise back up to their basic level of happiness so you know the you're you're not gonna giving someone a thousand dollars a month is not gonna make them happier like it it was for a short time but it's just gonna like after six months of getting it it's like eh Okay, I'm right back to where I was. Yes. And now what? And and it's like, yeah, I just I don't I don't think that that's it. Now again, I am all for helping people that need help. Yep. Right? But I what I'm not for is just some sort of universal basic income across the board. I think that that is the wrong way to go about it. I think that what we do is we find better ways to help people that really need help that you find ways to help people find purpose in what they're doing with their job, but you don't need to coddle people by giving them a thousand dollars a month. Like, God, there's a fucking famous quote from, I forget what, like, uh, fuck dude, who was it? It was either a Greek or Roman. And he said that something along the lines of, you know, in a democracy, when the public figures out that they can vote themselves money from, the treasuries, the democracy's as good as done. Because then it just becomes a matter of who's going to promise you the most from the treasuries. And then you're just pandering to people's like lowest common denominator, basically. So like, that's the thing that surprised me is like, I got to look it up. I remember reading this quote and I, it's something that I've never heard anyone bring up in this universal basic income thing, but it seems to be exactly what they're saying like dude we can like that is the fucking opposite of a democracy a democracy is not there so that people can fucking vote themselves checks out of the the treasury like that's not it man <laughs> so anyways that's what happened in Athens when I turned into a giant shit show is they figured out they could vote themselves. Oh, I'll go. They, they would pay jurors. Like you would just go to be a juror, and they would pay you for it. They, you just got paid to do anything if you're an Athenian citizen. And so then it became a matter of like who was promising you the most, and who was making you the best promises, and fucking paralyzed things. So that's why we got a republic, man. Not a straight up representative democracy. So again, I know all the Hillary Clinton fucking supporters don't understand that shit. But read some history, motherfuckers. It's why our founding fathers did it that way. They knew. Like, because it's kind of a check. That's the way the Romans did it. And, like, the Romans were a republic. It's like, you didn't, it wasn't one vote, one man. Because they saw, like, dude, it can turn into a shit show really quickly when it's that. You got to have some sort of, like, check and balance. Like, yeah, it needs to be a, it's a representative democracy, not a pure, straight democracy. And there's a reason for it, people. There's a reason for it. So. 
Anyways, I think straight democracy works for small groups, but when you start getting into the... 330 million yeah, people in this yeah, country. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears> it's different it's thing. just way too easy to to bamboozle people. So, I mean, fuck, dude. I remember one of the drunk histories. God, who was it? There were two presidents were running against each other. Like, people you know, right? Like, respectable people from history. And one guy started a rumor that the other guy was dead. Oh, man. <laughs> I can believe that story. Fuck, who was it? He like got in the paper and everything. Yeah. He was hoping to like sway the vote. <laughs> the people were not going to vote for him because they thought he was dead. That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I remember that. That's some fucking Russian troll farm that shit right awesome. there. Yeah, dude. that is that is the first version of that right there. Bro. Yeah, again, like that's what's funny, man. This shit's been going on since the dawn of time. Since they started printing things. Like Everyone that, thinks that this is the craziest shit, and people are just it's like, no, man, you guys just don't know history. If you knew history, this is just. Human nature. We're just on man. track. Yeah, we're just on track. This is how this shit goes. Repeating repeat the cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's so awesome. Instead of putting out, like nowadays, they put out scandals like, oh, he cheated on his wife or this or that. He didn't pay his taxes. In cahoots with the Russians. Back, back then. He's dead. He's dead. He died. Why would you vote for him? Why would you vote for that guy? He died. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take him a week to fucking clear this one up. That's fucking. That's pretty gangster. It is pretty gangster. It is badass. But, anyways. Anyways. So. so that was all the deep philosophical thoughts in Rob's world this week. Yeah. Playing around on <clears throat> I've been coloring like a motherfucker. I upped my coloring game. I got yeah. that adult level coloring book. I'm pumped, dude. Like, I'm getting pretty good. Yeah. I think I got some like hidden talent in there I wasn't aware of. I don't know what you can do with it. I'm not sure either. Yeah. I'm not sure where it can go. I'm not sure how that turns into food in my fridge. Right, right, right. I was thinking about that when I was coloring, actually, the other day. I was like, hmm, this is really fun. I might have my OCD. It kind of gives me a little knack for this. Uh You know, I was even thinking about... You start a YouTube channel. (laughs) Just me coloring. Just you coloring. (laughs) Smoking weed and coloring. And then you auction off the fucking thing. The picture. Back when I was a machinist, we had these... uh, magnifying glasses that you mount to the workbench mm-hmm. and they're on like this big bendable arm yeah. right and they got a light on it and so when you're working on something small and intricate you can bring it right in front of your face and yeah, yeah, turn yeah. the light on pretty sweet right man I was like dude one of those for coloring would be fucking dope cause I can really cause it's some real intricate stuff I can really stay in the lines real good stay in the lines real good <laughs> yes this is what happens when you have too much time on your hands it, it, it kind of is man it'd be a lot more coloring a lot more color. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but then the other thing, I was I'm un- completely unrelated. Well, sort of. Um, I've been using a bunch of like isometric stuff for my rehab. Right. And it really surprises me. And it doesn't surprise me, but it's it's a little, I guess, frustrating, maybe a better word, that that hasn't got into the, like the physical therapy community. Because like, it's, super safe way to like get your muscles activated because you know that's a fight I'm having right now is that mind muscle connection to my quad because right. it's deteriorated so much because I haven't been using it and trying to get it to fire again when I want to fire my hamstring everything and you're going through reps or something when you don't have good stability yeah it's dangerous yeah but just doing like an isometric hold they uh, you know just mad I don't know if I'll be able to explain this or not one I really found that was fucking awesome. Just take like a rubber band, hook it to a post, and I and I wrap it around the back of my knee, 
and I'm just trying to like straighten my knee. Oh yeah, so it's trying to bend your knee. Yeah, yeah, the, the rubber band, from... the rubber band is trying to bend my knee. Yeah, and I just have to flex my quad, you know, my leg, my yeah. my hamstring stuff to straighten my knee. Yeah, yeah so you can envision yeah, yeah, that. So yeah. it's like and someone's trying to daily heave a hook yeah. you and bend your knee, and, and you got you're trying to straighten, straighten it out, trying to yep. force it straight. Yep. And uh, that's one of my therapy exercises, and they just wanted me to you know do that with the rubber band, but just kind of like bend it, straighten it, bend it, straighten yeah. it. Yeah. And I was, I did a few reps, and I was like, man, I'd be so much better off. Just holding like, it. Just holding it. Yeah. Like, just, just, and then ramping ISO. So I start out real safe. I kind of take the rubber band off to where it's tight and then put some pressure on it until where I can connect. I can sit there and spend 30 seconds a minute. Like, okay, now that's firing, that's firing. Oh, I can put more pressure on it. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't understand. It's frustrating that they don't use it, you know, that, that technique. Yeah, I don't, uh, I mean, a couple things that come to mind is one, uh, a lot of physical therapy, especially if you're insurance based, is outcomes, right? So you have to get the patient to achieve certain outcomes, like and their outcomes to, to release are, them. Are and the outcomes are always movement based. So they just they do more of that. You got to start them getting moving because you're you're basically again like you got to think about it. It's just funny, right? Like you don't. It's always interesting when you realize like, oh wait a minute, they're aiming for the wrong thing. Right, like a physical therapist is supposed to be aiming to get you back to being functional and stable and safe. But the problem is, is the way that they determine that is there's a series of tests. And so what they're really training you for is the tests. If you can pass those tests, the assumption is, is that you are where you need to be. But we all know that's not the case. It's right. almost like a fucking running joke that like, like you're, you're, when you get released from physical therapy, like, yeah, you can function but you're not ready to to go like you know if you're, if you're just like an average american doing shit like maybe but any sort of athletics or an athlete or anything like it's not the same thing so um yeah i think that some of it just has to do with them unconsciously training people for the test and not necessarily like what the test is actually supposed to be you know measuring and and, and the, the function and stuff and that you just got to get them in and out so you can charge the insurance and you know get in. so it's just it's just part of the the system but man i don't know i think isometrics are just such a they're just such a a mystery to people because they don't know what the fuck to do with them like it's funny you mention that because uh dan john just came out with a new book that i've been reading like 40 years with a whistle or something like that um, basically just kind of talking about his lessons over like literally four decades of being a coach. Um, and he was talking about a book that he got in 1966 or something like that, that when he was, uh, you know, teenager starting to get into, to training that he went and checked out and in it, he quoted a, pa a passage from it and basically talking about isometrics that like, you know, that scientists had discovered that you could achieve uh, the same levels of strength through daily, what they were talking about was like daily six second contractions. That's when most people hear isometrics, that's usually what they're thinking about is like short, like six, you know, 10 second contractions. Cause, and that's what these studies were done using. But again, what they found was that they were producing strength, you know, at the same level as loaded movement-based exercises, but with much less effort, much less time, much less energy, much less wear and tear on the body, but you're getting the same results. You're getting the same results from isometrics, these daily six-second contractions, as you were from 
of a, a more traditional strength training approach. Uh, what they did say in that was that for muscle growth, the movement-based stuff is probably better. But for just strength, which makes sense, right? Because you need to you need to kind of damage the muscle fibers uh, to kind of activate part of the you know at least our current theory uh, is you know the, the actinomycins get damaged and then that triggers. Um, the growth response is part of it, right? And so uh, with isometrics, you're not doing that, which is part of what makes them great because you're not getting sore. And so that's the trade-off. It's like high levels of tension build strength, high levels of, of muscular movement, lots of volume of muscular movement, you know, with tension to a certain degree. You can't just be curling pink dumbbells unless you got some pretty fucking, you know, 50-pound pink dumbbells. I got nothing against pink dumbbells, but they're usually one-pounders, right? But... Uh, um, Anyways, that it's that movement, it's the volume plus tension that, that leads to the muscle growth. That's why bodybuilders train the way that they do. So, um, but yes, but it's just funny because way back then, right, they're talking about this and in the statement after that, he's like, you know, here I am all these years later, still trying to unpack that statement, you know, trying to, he, he's, you know, one of the best strength coaches in the world and he's still trying to figure out how we know isometrics work. We know that there's something there. We, we just don't know how to square it away with what we think we already know. And so what people end up doing is just kind of just not thinking about them and going back to thinking about what they think they already know. And so you just end up with the status quo and people doing the same shit because you don't really know what to do with them, man. You don't really know what to do with them. So Yes, yeah, and it takes practice as far as... <clears throat> That's the other thing too. It, Practice and how to implement them into your training program. Right. How and when, how frequently, you know, and all that. Yeah. And it also takes practice from the technique itself. To do it right, yeah. To do it right. Yeah. To learn how to, like, connect to the muscle. Right. Get max, you know, tension out of it. Yeah. And it takes some... You got to really connect. I know that mind muscle connection is kind of weird, hippie sometimes to talk no, but about, it's, but it's, it's there. It's, it's you, there. It's you body gotta, awareness. You got to think about it. Yeah, it's, it's a huge aspect for, like, your jiu-jitsu. If you don't have body awareness so when you're like dude I gotta move my leg over here like you see people that don't have body awareness like they can't activate there's no mind muscle connection there so you have to develop that but yeah again if you're a physical therapist again like I'm not I understand right just just everybody's doing the best they can with what they've got so just because I'm saying these things doesn't mean that I'm like you know physical therapists suck like you know some of them suck uh, like everything else but I think some of them are really good some of them are really good and everybody's doing the best they can with, with the tools that they have but if you're a physical therapist and you're working with someone and you're like okay I need you to do this banded movement right the, the exercise versus the isometric contraction it's the isometric contraction they don't know where you're feeling it they don't know what's going on they can't it, it's up to you right but when you're moving they can see it and they right. can tell you like, okay you're doing that right I can see that you're doing something and that it, it looks like what I want to see versus like isometrics. It's like, where do you feel that? Right. Okay. Okay. Well, try harder. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, it, 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 like I said, when you, when you think about it, it makes sense. Um, like how they've kind of arrived at that place. But you also realize that that's a, that, that logic, the way that they arrived there has holes and that's, it's not the best way to do it. And you are, you know the the best thing is to find a way to use the isometrics more and incorporate them in more but it's just is what it is man 
there aren't a whole lot of people that want to change the status quo. There's just a lot of people that want to do, they want to be experts at the status quo. Because then everybody pats them on the back and says, hey, you're fucking awesome at the status quo, bro. You make me feel good about myself because I like the status quo too. And so... When you get awesome at something that's not the status quo, then you're kind of the... Oh, you're disrupting shit. Yeah. Yeah, people do not want to hear about that. They don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's still, I mean, I still see that with people, man. I was, uh, God, I was having the, uh, this is funny. My, um, my bodywork lady, the, the smudger. Yes. I went to go do her bodywork class, her yoga class, you know, and, uh, and we were done and she comes up to me and she tells me how she rode her first century. And I asked her, I was like, you know. So make sure I since, rode a hundred miles. Rode a hundred miles on a road bike. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Straight. Yeah. Okay. Well, she said, you know, you can get off and rest, but like, yeah, you're, you're covering a hundred miles. Okay. And so I asked her, I was like, oh, did you do it on the catalyst pedals? My, my, my pedals that I've made. And again, like if people don't know, like I've created a, a flat pedal that it basically replaces a clipless pedal. It like flies completely in the face of everything that you think you know about, uh, people have told you about pedaling a bike. And so it's, it's a disruptive new technology. And so, uh, but she was interested in it because, you know, when I explained why from a body mechanic standpoint, you're like, oh, that makes sense. Like you need heel pressure to recruit your hips. And if you can't get, there's no support under the back of your arch, you know, you can't get heel pressure and all this makes sense. And so I asked her, I was like, oh, did you do it on the catalyst pedals? And she's like, no, no. I was like, man, you rode a hundred miles on clipless pedals. Like, fuck, that had to hurt. And, uh, I was like, you know, why? And she's like, well, you know, I, I just find them, um, uh, it's not the same on the climbs. And I was just, well, what do you find different? And she's like, well, I can't, I can't pull up. And I'm like, well, you know, you're not supposed to pull up on the backstroke. Like two studies have looked at that and shown that that she's like, oh, I know, I know, I know. Okay. So why are you continuing to do it? You know? And, and, uh, and I was telling her too, like, you know, you know, clipless pedals, cause some people don't, some people, something that some people don't realize is that your foot doesn't transfer force in a linear line into the ground. That there's a screwing motion that happens. And so this, this spiraling action is important for, again, like proper leg function. Because the way your hip socket is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's, it's, yeah, you don't want your knees just moving in a straight line. There's, there's like a little spiral action. And so, um, and that's just basically the way our body's set up. Like we have very, almost all of our joints work in some, some sort of way like that. But um, my point is, is that if you, if you do that on clipless pedals, you unclip, right? Because if your feet can't move, if your foot, if you go to... Right, twist. Yeah, yeah. See, if you go to push into the ground, the ground resists the foot twisting. But if there's nothing to resist the foot twisting, you know, this is why like when you extend your leg, right? If you're just up and you extend your leg, like your foot naturally wants to turn out. Like you really have to focus to keep your foot in a straight line. If you're just laying on your back, extending your leg in and out, it wants to move a little bit in and out. And if you did that on clipless pedals, again, like if there's nothing to resist it, you unclip. And so you have to literally train your body to not move. And this is why they have float in those stupid things. Because if you didn't have a little bit of movement, you literally blow your knees to pieces. Because without that rotation, without like your body needs to rotate, it has to rotate. And so that's why you have to have some float in there. Most people like get used to having this super tight float to where their body, their, their foot's barely moving because if your foot's moving in that float, that's wasted energy, right? And so you're, you're wasting energy with your foot moving around in this float. It's just, it just, 
from a from a body movement standpoint, it makes no sense. Like when you really sit down and you break it down, and you realize like, dude, clipless pedals are fucking retarded. <laughs> like this is gonna be one of those things in fifty years, people are gonna look back and be like, ah, what were people doing to themselves? Like this is gonna be one of those sports technologies that we laugh at, you know, when we're like, ah, people used to like, you know, drink wine for the Tour de France. <laughs> like who the fuck would tell an athlete to drink wine for that shit, you know? And it's like people are gonna be like, who the fuck would tell an athlete to put their foot in this death trap this bowling this shoe bull, this strap. fucking ridiculous unfunctional it just it is such a ridiculous uh invention and contraption but um anyways my point is <laughs> as you guys can tell I have, I have some thoughts and feelings on this stuff but uh you know I'm talking to her and and again uh, I could see the like whoop the fucking the shade go down it was like you know uh, Susie's gone. This is her ego. And I don't want to talk about this anymore. And it's like, okay, all right. And you can just tell. I could see. I've had this conversation with enough people. And it's and it's like, dude, you have to live in two completely different worlds, right? Like the, the cognitive dissonance of being able to like say like I'm a bodywork expert and yet I'm going to ride clipless pedals knowing everything that I know. But what it, goes, what it boils down to is that, and this is kind of leads back to what I was talking about. I was talking to Kelly about it and I was like, and she goes, you know what it is? It's the people she rides with. Her, her riding buddies have gotten in her ear and just keep chirping and keep chirping. And, and she's like, you know, I'd rather just not rock the boat. I'd so rather she, just stick with the status quo. Did she turn up on the catalyst pedals? And yes. And yeah. got shamed she, in. Yep, yeah, she was riding them for a was little she? while and then went back to her clipless pedals. And I've, I've seen this. I mean, I've actually, we actually had somebody return the pedals one time and, and in it he said, my friends just won't stop making fun of me for using these. I'd rather go back to using my old pedals and have to deal with it. So I'm going to return the pedals. Are you serious? I swear to God, man. I swear to God. It's like a crazy bully tactic used in the cycling world. Like the clipless pedal mafia is the biggest bunch of bullies out there, dude. <laughs> yes. Like they really are. I mean, if you ride clipless pedals, like you need to check yourself and like, you know, the, the, like it's, it's funny, dude. Yeah. People show up on flats or especially if you show up on like a large flat and you're going to get people hounding you over it. And uh, that's so crazy. it is crazy, dude. It is crazy. <laughs> um, but uh, that's why I like jujitsu people, man. They're not a bunch of flat earthers walking around just talking flat earth nonsense, which is basically what couples puddles are. Oh, I'm sure there's so, some jiu-jitsu flat earthers out there. No, no, no. I'd rather talk about flat earth theory than clipless pedals. There's more science to support the flat earth theory <laughs> than there are clipless pedals. Like in all, all fucking honesty, man. It is insane. It is absolutely mind-boggling to me that, that how this shit works. But my point was is that, you know, we were just talking about like how few people there really are. Like most people don't want to disrupt the status quo. They want to be experts in the status quo. They're not really worried about what's best and, and stuff. That's not it. And but most you don't people don't think about that, right? So again, like most of these physical therapists circling it all the way back, like they're just they don't realize how they think. They don't realize like how strong the the dynamics are because even if presented with an opportunity to start using isometrics, then there's gonna be some resistance. There's gonna be some pushback from other people in your community. Or do you really have what it takes to deal with that pushback? Unfortunately, most people don't. Like most people are, are, it's way more important for them to be liked than for them to be right. And, uh, but you know, but again, there's that old saying: you can be right or you can be happy. So you gotta, you gotta pick your, <laughs> you gotta your pick battles, one. right? Because being right 
about something isn't necessarily going to make you happy because you are going to battle with people. You are going to have people telling you, nope, you're wrong. And you're going to have to choose whether you want to stand up for what you think is right or let it go. And there are things that you need to just let go, right? Like it's not worth fighting with Z over Legos on the Lego table, right? That's not it. But there are things like people lying to other people to overpromote a product like they do with clipless pedals by telling people all this bullshit that's complete lies uh, that's not right. And so, but same thing with that, right? Like everybody knows that there's the physical therapy world has some major holes in how they rehab people. And, uh, you know, but working on it, 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 you get pushback from people who are trying to improve it. So fuck man. But that, that, uh, Victorian, um, surgery chick was talking about like germs man the people who try to just get people to understand hey you know what maybe you should wash your hands after surgery and not put dirty instruments in your mouth they were outcasts they had to fucking fight and get yeah they were yeah one of one of the guys one of the early guys he wasn't about germs about but just washing your hands afterwards literally got committed to a a mental asylum they thought he was crazy (laughs) they thought he was fucking crazy so like this this idea that good ideas are just so obvious that people are just gonna accept them is fucking so wrong, man. Dude, that podcast was crazy. That was crazy. Wow. You don't realize how lucky we are, I man. Know, and, and being that I just went through surgery, you know, and experienced it in this day and age, and then hearing about the shit they used to do. Oh man, I think that the story she was talking about. And the three people that died during one surgery. Yeah. And the surgeon would hold the instruments in his mouth. Yes. So he could change them out quicker. <laughs> so he could change them out. But you know, but the thing is, is like the oh surgeon for, for them, again, if you think about it from his point of view, right? Like you're, you're a Victorian surgeon and for you, speed is the top thing. The faster you can get this over with, you can get them closed back up, and get them closed back up. The less you got to deal with the patient freaking out, and, and you know, there's so many advantages to being able to do this super fast. And so you're just thinking about you don't know about germs, you don't know about any of these things. You're just thinking about okay, how do I do this as fast as possible? So again, like you may, you know, we're listening to that, and it sounds ridiculous. And we're like, what the fuck is wrong with these people? But it's like, hey, clipless pedals, folks. Everybody's out there riding them right now. And at some point, we're all going to look back and go, what the fuck was wrong with those people? And that's, that's how this shit goes down, man. We are, dude, we're so funny to think that we're intelligent. Like, you know, that we just are going to recognize good ideas and grasp them and go with them. It takes a while. It takes a long time. Yeah. Things that are, and that's how you know, like social media was no good because it was adopted mm-hmm. quickly. So. Is that how you know it's no good? I think so, dude. There was barely any resistance there. The masses just adopted it. It's like the old Mark Twain quote, man. When you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to check your position. So, you know, really, it wasn't adopted all that fast. You, yeah. know, you think about it. MySpace first, it was email. A lot of people, you know, and, it, and this is broad. I hadn't thought about this much, but okay, there was email that was kind of connecting people, and a lot of people used it, right? And then it was MySpace. More people used it. But then once Facebook hit, then it just kind of exploded. Would you call like MySpace social media? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Because it was more of like a, you could have your own personal, again, like I I never really got into MySpace a bunch, but I think the big difference between Facebook and MySpace was the feed, the news feed. 
there wasn't really a news feed. It was just your friends. And, right, right, I mean, exactly. I mean, it was a different thing. It was an early rendition. But that's what I'm saying. But that was the difference between social media and MySpace. Like, MySpace was like, it was a spot for you to almost kind of create your own web page. Yeah, basically. That's, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you could share it with people and then you could go like, you know, go check out other people's pages and get updates when they, when, you know. But it wasn't the same thing as like the Facebook news feed where you were just getting, you know, you didn't have to go look for the stuff, the stuff came and found you. And, like, that's what I, made I, it that, more... But I guess when first book, or sorry, when Facebook first started, it was more like that. You know, you weren't getting shit rammed down your throat as much, if I remember the, right. The feed and the news feed was always there. That was always one of the features of I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember Facebook. early Facebook days. I was on yeah. Facebook pretty early. Same yeah. thing with Twitter. I never got into it, but I totally remember when it came out. Because, again, just being into, like, the the marketing stuff yeah. you know you're always looking at emerging technologies and opportunities and so I remember when Facebook came out I mean that was the 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 uses of it were pretty fucking obvious especially for a fitness based business being able to post videos and, and you know links to your articles and stuff like that so that was the big thing for me with Facebook was it was a chance it was a way to promote my blog, right? I could put a blog post up and then go to Facebook and post, hey, come check out my blog. And then it was a free way to get eyeballs on your site. Yeah, it was a great way to get eyeballs on your site. It was just, you know, it was like a, it was like a forum met MySpace, basically. Like, that's what it was. That's kind of what it, you know, Facebook took the, you you being able to create your own identity that people could go look at and, and, and see, you know, like that's what MySpace had that you could put pictures and things like that. On, on your thing, but then you had the forums where you could go and you could interact with people right. and post shit and then argue with, discuss things and stuff like that. And so, like, that's what Facebook did was, like, kind of, at least kind of, kind of combine that, that, kind of combine those two in a way that, that made it unique and, and people uh, latched on to. I wonder if my MySpace account is still active. I don't ever remember, like, deleting it. No. I wonder if I... Dude, MySpace, <laughs> I remember they tried to make a comeback. Uh-huh. Yeah, they try to like, hey, it's man, still there. we're for yeah. like hip, you know, musicians and shit. So I guess maybe I'm just not a hip enough musician. Speaking of that, if you uh, got into that new, what was that new social media one? That dude that was on Joe Rogan? Oh, Minds? Minds, that's it. <laughs> have, you, have you fucked with that at all yet? Dude, I tried to, and it just, it's not straightforward. Maybe. I tried to sign up, and it's just, yeah. The, a little clunky still? Yeah, the, the hurdle was fucking, again, I'm lazy as shit, right? We're spoiled. <laughs> And so, uh, yeah, just I I started running into some like what the fuck's going on about 15, 20 seconds into it, and I was like ah, I'm done. So I poked around a little bit. It just it's the same, you know. It's just the just the idea. I I do like that. God, that's, that's the problem, man. Like I'm still voting with my time. I'm so bad. Like I hate these particular websites. Like I hate Facebook, like PinkBike.com, mountain biking site. I hate that fucking site. And yet, I still go, and half the reason I go and check them out is because I hate them. And I want to see, like, ah, I want, I want more reasons to hate. <laughs> That's, that is one of the reasons, one of the multitude of reasons I don't have social media. I don't fuck with it. Uh, I don't need things to add to my anger. It comes in waves for me anyways. Yeah, we were discussing like, was, you just walking around yesterday, angry old grump, people. grumpy motherfucker yesterday. I don't know why, man, like... I'm still slightly grumpy today. Like when I say that, I mean like short fused. You know, like but yesterday, yeah, the 
the old saying, like I woke up on the wrong side of the bed or something. I think my, my leg, because my leg fucking basically constantly hurts, you know, and so, and then, so I don't sleep real good for most, yeah. most nights. And it was just one of those days I woke up, I didn't sleep real good, my leg was fucking hurting already. I was just like, fuck this day. <laughs> I was over from the jump. And then I realized, like, fuck it, because I ran out of eggs and some other shit. I had to go to the grocery store. Like, this is not a day I should be in public. And then, yeah, so then I'm in the grocery store, and every fucking aisle I went down, man, goddamn people getting in my way and shit. And usually it's so smooth, I can just get in and out. But, dude, every fucking where I went yesterday, someone was cut in front of me, and, oh, dude, I was, my blood pressure was boiling. I was, so, I just wanted out of there so bad. I was like, I just need to go back home and not deal with the outside world today. Yeah. And I'll be okay. I had them days, man. <clears throat> I don't know if it's normal, but, man, it is normal for me. I think it's normal. I, I've learned... I know myself. So when I have those days, I keep my interactions with people to a minimum. Right. And I'm okay. Usually hit try to meditate, reset my fucking anger I was, meter. I didn't want to fucking meditate. I was like, fuck that hippie bullshit. Fuck that hippie bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, I know what you mean. Dude, it's weird, man. You can just you can just feel it. And it is. It's like it's it's the sympathetic nervous system gets triggered. Mm-hmm. Right, like your your fight or flight response gets triggered, and you can almost like, like feel it, man. You know, you're just like everything's cool, and all of a sudden it's just <laughs> something happens, and it's just like a totally different mind takes mm-hmm. over, and it's like whoop, and then and then you're like, once it once it gets its claws in you a little bit, you it, you can't just shut it off. No. You got to work your way back from it. It's like. You're like, so the trick, man, for me, especially like driving, right? Like that's my big one is, uh, is working on like not getting triggered, right? Like it's one thing to have somebody do something stupid or cut you off and like you start to get like, ah, and you're like, okay, okay, I'm going to calm down. I'm going to calm down. I'm not going to get angry, you know, happy trees, fucking whatever. Um, but, uh, it's another thing to not even get angry in the first place to not even have that sympathetic nervous system tripped and uh i've been getting better at that especially with the driving i've been kind of proud of myself because you can feel it right again i can feel like where it's like there's such a big difference between (laughs) having to pull yourself back from starting to get angry and not even getting angry in the first place right and so but i know exactly what you mean man sometimes that trigger is just so sensitive trigger it's funny going, like, I, I knew I was grumpy yesterday, just in a pissed off mood, but I, I was like, oh, I'll be okay. And I, so then I got to go to the grocery store. And then once I knew I was, you know, at like a six on the, like, say 10 is my bullshit meter is full. Yeah. I'm done for the day. One is I'm smiling and it's unicorns and rainbows, right? I knew I was at like a six ish. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think I was higher than that. <laughs> I thought I was okay. I was like, all right, this is where I'm at. I can go in. I can get this fucking task done. I can get out. Oh, no. As soon as I get into the goddamn store, I realized I'm already at like an eight. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, fuck, man. Fuck, dude. Yeah. Man, being in pain sucks. It does. And that thing is just... It, dude, staying positive going through this whole nonsense is... I, it's a, I play mental gymnastics every day. Yeah. Let me just put it that way. It is a... Very good mental gymnastics exercise for me to keep in the right mindset and not get discouraged and frustrated and bummed out and shit, you know? Yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. My woe is me. Nah, well, it just, like I said, man, when I'm being in pain sucks. So, it's understandable. But at least you're fucking working on it. You're not just like, 
taking your what's the, what's the pills they gave you? No, dilaudids. The dilaudids. No, those dude, I flushed them. <laughs> I, I flushed those in in fucking through the bottle of So yeah, we're getting added to our the fucking supply of drugs in our water supply. I thought about trying to sell them, but then I considered there was probably some decent jail time involved with that. Maybe only if you get caught, right? Yeah, there is that. It's only illegal if you get caught. It is only illegal if you get caught. So. I opted for the legal choice. Good. Allegedly. Allegedly. That's right. He could just be using this as to cover his tracks, right? He needs an alibi. <laughs> I need an alibi. Yeah. Hey, go check my fucking go podcast, Go check the podcast, buddy. man. I told everybody what I did. Tell everybody about it. I don't know what that dude's talking about on Craigslist. <laughs> fucking A. So. But anyways. Cool, man. That's all the random subjects I had. Yeah. I got, uh... I got a couple things here. Okay. Then we got our subject, but um, <clears throat> I found sub- which are oh health and fitness. Health versus fitness. Health versus fitness. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, so I was looking around at some strength training studies, and I found one. Uh, it was an Australian study, and basically the the headline is that strength exercise is as vital as aerobic exercise uh, for health because. A lot of times when, when, you know, you get like the government recommendations for exercise, they're pretty much always focused on cardiovascular aerobic exercise and fitness. And they don't really, you know, strength training is just kind of this like, eh, if you want to strength train, strength train. But, um, you know, really we all know the aerobic stuff is the most important stuff. And so what they basically found though was that one, that's not uh, true. It was that the... The statistic here was people that did strength training based exercise had a 23% reduction in premature death by any means and a 31% reduction in cancer related deaths. So strength training basically reduces your chance of dying by cancer by a third, Hmm. which is not insignificant. That's not insignificant. It's not insignificant. So, but a a couple things that, uh, other things I found were kind of interesting Um, because they have like recommendations, like the World Health Organization uh, has recommendations for aerobic exercise and strength exercise. And what they do though is is the most people only focus on the aerobic exercise portion. Because like in this one, they found like like nineteen percent of Australians did the strength training part. So like only you know, less than 20% of Australians were participating in a strength training program on a regular basis. And but they were saying that like, um, you know, over half did some sort of aerobic thing. So the, the, I guess like the point, like I thought was interesting was that the, um, what was it here? Their, their, uh, their takeaway was, was it if you did just strength training alone, you had a reduced risk of cancer-related death. But if you did just the aerobic activity guideline alone, there wasn't one. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and the, uh, um, yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought it was kind of interesting. The Because there's a lot of people who say like when, when diet and exercise don't work for me. Right, like that's a big excuse for taking a, a pill and going and getting some sort of like drug, uh, weight loss drug or, or the you know, stomach staples. stomach staples, something. It's like diet and exercise don't work for me. 
And you, and you hear the fucking commercials say, when diet and exercise don't work for you, ask your doctor about this fucking asshole pill, right? And, uh, but the, the thing is, is that when you look at it, like strength training is part of the recommendation. And, you know, I know this is Australia, but, you know, I, I they assume... Don't really, they don't really exist, so this is just a fiction Right, right, story. right. We're making this up, right? <laughs> this is all fucking made up. It's good. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, but anyways, I'd have to believe that they're they're somewhat similar to the U.S., you know, in, in that most, most people are not participating in strength training. Most people aren't. Right. And so they're doing these aerobic, you know, I'm going out for a walk a few times a week, Doc, and like, you know, I... Stop drinking 12 Pepsis a day and I'm down to four and I'm still a fat bastard. And it's like, well, here's a pill. It's like, no, 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 assholes. Like, strength training is not uh, optional. Like, if you're not doing strength training, you're not, uh, you're you're missing out, man. Like, and it kind of is, you're missing out on a lot of uh, um, benefits. And so, anyways, you need to strength train, it's not optional. It definitely not helps your jujitsu. Not optional. It helps everyday life. Helps Just, everyday life. Fuck, man. Yeah. I, I hope one day that that becomes more normal. You know, yep. I would love to see the point to where like a family doctor, you know, your 65 year old mom goes in for a checkup and the family doctor's like, hey, you should lift some fucking weights. You should, you know, get yourself a trainer so you're doing it safe and healthy. Yeah. And you should lift some weights, you know, maintain your muscle mass. Yeah. And I think we're a long ways off from that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely moving. It's studied, moving studies direction. like this, uh-huh. um, there's definitely things moving in that direction. I think, but again, it just it just underscores that if you're, I mean, the thing is, man, like we've got um, uh, teammates that don't necessarily strength train, and like ramping isometrics is a type of strength training, right? Like we're not talking about having to go. Yeah, yeah, that was actually one of the things they found in the study that, you know, bodyweight exercises, you know, appear to be just as effective as going to the gym and working out. So it's like, it's just doing something, right? Like strength training uh, related. And so like you're missing out not only on like performance benefits, but a lot of health benefits uh, as well if you're not strength training. And then also, yeah, if you're thinking that, you know, you're, you're one of your co-workers is telling you how their diet and exercise isn't working you can ask them hey man you strength training because you know studies say you need to and then they'll just you'll, you'll see the look Whoop. i'm not here right now my ego is here i don't want to talk about this anymore another on that same note another thing a lot of people don't realize is that you know the more muscle you have the faster your metabolism is going to be yeah. And, you know, for, you know, so you see the people that maybe they lose some weight and they get close to where their, their goal, their ideal weight and body type is, you know, but they can't shed those last few pounds and they're already eating pretty clean. Like, you know, if you were to throw in, and you're not strength training, and if you were to throw in a little additional strength training and build a little more muscle, they, it might get you to that, you know, what you think that ideal body type of weight is. Yeah. It's, yeah, having muscles, not a bad thing. No. I cannot think of one negative to having a little bit more muscle. No, man. No. So, there you go. I don't know. I was just looking around for some random studies. I just thought it was kind of... I, I do that, too. I like, I like... I saw one along the same line. They did one on push-ups. And they... So, it was something along the lines like, oh, 
the the likelihood of someone that can do forty push ups straight and their likelihood of getting a terminal disease or some shit. I forget what the study was. Right. You know, they they correlated it. You know, yeah. cor- somehow it's it's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, it did show you know the group of people they that could do the push ups definitely didn't get a sick. Yeah, man. Because the people that didn't. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, your physical health, like your your physical abilities, reflect. Yeah. A lot of things going on under the surface. And I didn't see what kind of push-ups they were doing in the study. But, yeah. but even like, if you go do 40 strict push-ups Dude, I, gotta, straight, I don't know that I can do I, 40. I don't, it's, it ain't easy. No. It is not fucking easy. No. But I mean, most people probably can't. No. Yeah, I mean, bullshit, like, real quick up and right, down. Right, right, right. When people tell me they're doing 50 push-ups. 50 push-ups, like, okay. Okay. Let's go do some real right, push-ups. Right, 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 right. Then we see how many you can do. Yeah. Right. It's always that question. But still, I don't care. If you can bang out 40 fucking half-ass push-ups in a row, like... It's still, it's still pretty good, man. It's still pretty decent. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, it's funny to study stuff like that. It's like, hey, if you can do push-ups, does that mean that you're not going to die? This sounds like a study I do. Right. <laughs> I was going through med school or something. Where is, how, how many push-ups does it take to start increasing mortality? <laughs> <laughs> There's a bell curve, right? There is. Too few or too many. Where's the sweet Where's spot? And you don't know until you go too far. So that's the fucking dance I'm playing right now with all my physical therapy. Right. I know I have a tendency to go too far, but I, I can't risk that in this situation. So it's a fucking delicate dance. That's another part of my mental gymnastics. Right. Every day. Anyways, I don't know why I came back to that. But the too far and too much, that's definitely a struggle I have. Yeah. So you don't want to do too little. But little and often. Little and often over the long haul, buddy. That's, that's what I'm basically kind of subscribing to right now. Yeah, that's you know high volume but not intense. Yeah, and lots of it. Yep. Yeah, you can get a lot out of a little if you're consistent with yeah. it. So, yeah, which actually leads me to the other one. Sweet. The next thing I had here. So the Dan John book. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know Dan John, mm-hmm. Slosh Pipe, um, Goblet Squat. A lot of good, good strength training info comes from that dude. Uh, so he's got a new book out. And uh, in it, he talks about his uh, his Ten Commandments of training. So I wanted to uh, to share them. Nice. I thought it might be a good little thing to kind of throw out and discuss a little a little bit. But uh, he's got this one quote in here. Before I get into that, that we can probably um, talk a little bit about. <laughs> he says, uh, "Screaming the obvious is not coaching." <laughs> Coaching is literally carrying someone from here to there. Coaching is taking someone on the path. Sometimes we get there. Sometimes we don't. Oddly, getting there is not nearly as important as striving to get there. So, yeah, there's a lot of good shit in there. I like that whole quote. uh, Yeah. The first part, though, screaming the obvious is not coaching. Yes. Yeah, we have... uh, I like that he put... He he, he made the point of putting screaming the obvious... Not stating the obvious, not saying it. He said, "Not even yelling, yelling, screaming." The obvious is not coaching. We've we've all done it. Yeah, we've all seen it done. We've all seen it done. So yeah, yeah so yeah, like or uh, heard it done. I should say, or heard it done. Yeah, so um, yeah, if, if you tell someone to, you know, go for the armbar, and they don't go for it, screaming it louder may not necessarily be coaching. Like coaching would be. Well, why are they what are they not why why can't they do it try and see and then give them he was saying that really like coaching the problem is is that coaching takes years like because you want to develop 
Like that's what like like football plays, right? Like they're like you know blue forty two. It's like well that 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 means something. It takes coaching to get every everybody to understand what does that mean. And so that means something different. Like all right, guys, line up and score a touchdown. <laughs> Right? Well, thanks, coach. Thanks, That's coach. fucking obvious. But, like, how are we going to do this? You know, how do we score the touchdown? And, you know, that's the, the goal, right? Like, it's, it's you're literally carrying someone. And like you're saying, sometimes you get there, sometimes you don't. It's the struggle that's really there. But, like, the, yeah, it's the, um, you know, again, we've, we've talked about, like, the uh, having the, you know, the Brazilian leg hump. Or the fucking, I don't know, we've got like the our Teddy little, Roosevelt. the Teddy Roosevelt, exactly. Like we've got names for this stuff and like, but that's coaching, right? Like, like you had to coach me on like the Teddy Roosevelt and how to use it and, and when to apply it. Now when you were like, hit him with the Teddy Roosevelt, like no one else knows what that means, but me and you. And it's like, so that's, uh, you know, different than like, get out of there. <laughs> Right? Thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. <laughs> uh, I, I thought that was it. But uh, now that you clarified it, I will get out of here. I was trying to stay here, but... Right, right, right. Like yeah. you told me what to do. Yeah, versus like, no, man, put a fucking knee in his face and drive his face across, and then he that will get you out of there. <laughs> right? It's like, so... Anyways, I just... Uh, for aspiring coaches or uh, coach... Because you always have to, you know, challenge yourself as a coach. You can always improve. And so, yeah, if you find yourself sitting there screaming the obvious uh, at someone, maybe check and see, like... Maybe you just got to change the way you're talking. Yeah, is there, like, something I can actually coach here instead of screaming the obvious? But uh, (laughs) that's so funny. I love you screaming. It's important. Because he talks about, you know, like, sitting in the stands, like, kids, uh, you know, he coaches, like, youth sports, right? So that's some of the worst. You've got the... The, the, the parents in the stands like screaming, screaming the like, kids, screaming like the get him get, he's getting up yeah it's like thanks right like tackle him <laughs> <laughs> thanks <laughs> appreciate that he's going to score <laughs> this isn't coaching um anyways so here's his 10 commandments of uh what is this his 10 commandments of coaching so uh, one constant assessment, and I will say like. Okay, so let's back up. Yeah. Make sure I'm in right. You said these are the ten commandments of coaching, or ten commandments of ten, ten commandments of training. Ten commandments of coaching. Okay. This is this is Dan John's ten commandments of coaching. coaching. So, um, one constant assessment. Uh, two constant upgrading. Uh, three ignore perfect. Four this isn't moral theology. <laughs> Five, everything works. Six, achieving a goal versus achieving success. Seven, after the peak is the cliff. Eight, self-discipline is a finite resource. Nine, fundamentals trump everything else. And ten, take a moment to appreciate those who went before you. I've actually seen him in previous years. Ten was like know and love the roots of your sport, which is Similar, Similar, right? But, uh, um, but anyways, I thought those I were like good. That. Yeah, I don't know. I thought, would, I don't know, constant assessment. Um, one thing he did point out about constant assessment, because I was like, what does he mean by that, right? Because is he always like taking body fat? Like, you know, what does constant assessment mean? And uh, I liked it because he pointed out like constant assessment is, is this making an impact on the field of play? 
Is it helping or is it not? That's where we're assessing. You know, that's it. And so um, I like that. I thought that was like a good thing. Like, cause again, it's like, oh yeah. It's like the, the physical therapist training you to pass the test versus, you know, are you actually gonna be able to go out there and perform in real life? And so uh, like how, how are the assessments that you're using, um, you know, what you're measuring is important because it's going to tell you what what to focus on and so if you're focused on i'm going to be measuring 40 yard times and and uh you know the the height or the vertical jump right whether you get a bunch of dudes who are great at doing that but not necessarily good athletes they don't perform well and so uh maybe i thought that was good that he kind of points that out because i think a lot of coaches and people forget that that it's like, oh yeah, I'm trying to make this guy better at jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like, are his arm bars getting better? They, that's how I was thinking about that constant assessment. Um, you know, because I do that a lot when I you know, get done teaching a class and I'm watching somebody train, and, and um, or I watch them drill the move we taught, and it's they're not doing it right. So I'm always thinking about how did I explain, you know, like how did I explain that to to make that their interpretation of it. Yeah, I'm always doing that. Right? Yeah, you're like hmm. And you see how somebody's doing something, you're like, oh, that's got to be something I said to him to make that point important to him. Right. Like, yeah, I do that a lot. And yeah. So that's kind of what I was thinking. Like, when yeah. you say constant assessment, not necessarily out there hitting a stopwatch and checking 40 times, but right, like, yeah. interactions and how your just, a- athletes are relating to you. You know what I mean? How they're picking up what you're saying to them. Yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah. Or if you're like a you know, strength coach. Again, like you see that, with like, the weights. yeah, with the weights, like they get, they get obsessed. They get like the 500 squat club, right? right? Well, okay. Did they get better at their sport? And it's like, sometimes, like you said, you think it'd be obvious, but a lot of times people have never really like thought about that. It's like, no, my goal is to get stronger. It's like, no, your goal is to get this person better at jujitsu. Yeah. So are they getting better at jujitsu? Um, is always the ultimate thing. And if the answer is yes, then it's working. And if it's no, then no matter how much you love it, then you, you need to get the fuck rid of it because you don't have enough time. So, which kind of goes into a second one, which is constant upgrading, which was just that, like, is he, um, you know, I guess being willing to sacrifice sacred cows. Like, if you find something that works better, uh, being able to retool everything that you've been doing to accommodate it and so that you can... And, and, and looking for those things like as soon as you think you know it all and you've got it all figured out like then you're probably missing something you're done yeah. you're done yeah 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 so that's like kind of how we were with the ramping isometrics man when we got a hold of it's like oh like we had to fucking retool everything we thought we knew about strength training because you're like wow there's something here like we got to get this in there so you know but again you get people who they don't think that way it's not a constant upgrading thing. You can see this with like people's jujitsu, right? Like they get caught in just kind of like a way of doing things and maybe the game like evolves a little bit and it's just like, no man, this is how I do it. I'm, I'm not constantly trying to upgrade my jujitsu. I'm just, I just, I, I have what I like to do and this is what I'm going to do. And, but that's not going to get you better. <laughs> so I think that's, uh, that was a good one. That's good. I'm gonna have to read that book. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Ignore perfect. I think that's funny because we say something like that, like when we coach or like or whatever that means to you. <laughs> We've talked about that. Like, yeah, it's if you're trying to get perfection, you 
it's just not gonna happen. You're not gonna get the perfect program. You're not gonna get the perfect workout. You're not gonna have the perfect fucking arm bar. It's, you know, we want it, right? It's the goal. It's the intention. It's the intention, but you gotta ignore perfect at some point so that you can act on shit. So, and again, a lot of people get hung up on that. So, at least in my experience. Yeah, yeah. Was it the? This isn't moral theology. <laughs> there are no good or bad exercises. Basically, what he's saying like, it, or, or systems, right? Like we talk about this, people get caught up. It's Plan, like, you know, they pick a team. Pick a team. Plant a flag, and like that's it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with diets, right? It's like I am team paleo. I am team paleo CrossFit. That's, that's who I'm. Team. That's my team. It's like this is not moral theology, right? We're not debating the merits of. You know the death penalty here. This is just fucking strength training and nutrition. Let's not get all crazy. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Like let's not just because that exercise didn't work for you doesn't mean that it's fucking evil, right? And we but we see this with like like machines, right? Like that's probably one of the best examples is people are like, you know, fuck machines. They're unfunctional. They're evil. Machines are evil. It's like no 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 man. Like you know, try and rehab some injuries without a machine. It's it's fucking hard, right? Like, there's a time and place for them, so... Um, but, anyways, I thought that was funny. People like their camps. Oh, yeah. They love their get fucking... Get tribes. They get their camps, man. Everything works. He has a second part to this for about six weeks. Yeah. Which is... Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot in there, so... Yeah, every, yeah it, you could pick the most ridiculous exercise and do it for six weeks. See something from it. See something from it. <clears throat> See something Even from it. Even if it's just getting better at that exercise. Yeah. But about that six week mark is when things stop going. And if you haven't figured out like what you're gonna do next, or again, that's where people get hung up because they'll start something and they'll see results and they think, this is it. I gotta stick with this. This is it. And it's like, ah, you know, maybe, but probably not, man. And and yeah, and fucking everything works. The shit you like to make fun of, um, if you tried it, like you did the Nautilus workout, guarantee you'd see something from it. Right? It's not the way you wanna work out for the rest of your life, but if you did, fucking one set's failure on the Nautilus machines for six weeks, you'd get something from it. Something would come. So, everything works. But for about six weeks. For about six weeks. <laughs> what else we got here? Achieving a goal versus achieving success. This was, um, he, with this one, he kind of talks about like the idea of, okay, if you become an Olympic champion, but in the process, you, uh, you know, lost your wife and, you know, because of, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's a difference between achieving a goal and being successful. And unfortunately, you know, cause again, like a goal is getting the corner office, mm-hmm. right? Is that, is that really success? You know, maybe not like you get that corner office, but again, like your life is shit. Like you're out of shape. Your, your family doesn't know who you are. Your wife's cheating on you. Like, are you a success? No, you achieved a goal, right? Goals are fleeting. But like success is a different thing. And so like people, people will often sacrifice like their happiness and long-term success to achieve a goal, not realizing that, uh, what they're doing. And so, um, again, the old saying, like, you know, sometimes you got to check what wall your ladder's on cause you may get to the top and find out it was the wrong fucking wall. So make sure you're climbing a wall. Climbing you're gonna, right wall. Yeah. It's going to be a success at the top, not just some goal it's like so anyways i thought that was good to keep because again man when you're working as a coach like you got to help people keep this in mind right like you're working with there's, there's so much psychology that goes into working with people and it's uh you could have to be working with you know somebody's like 
man, my goal is to win some fucking local tournament, right? And it's like, that's a great goal, right? But like, the, what happens when, when that's. Yeah, if you're not a cheat, so you can't be happy. Like, you can be a success without that. Like, how, and, and so, yeah, like helping people kind of navigate and understand those things is it's part of coaching, man. So, There's so much coaching is dealing with your, your, your athlete psychology. Oh, so much so of it, man. Much of it. Yeah. You don't know how to I'm surprised. That. I'm, so, I'm surprised they don't do, you know, like you, you go get certified, you know, in these different type of fitness trainer certifications. I'm surprised they don't talk more about that. Like, yeah. I mean, some of them do. I mean, it's definitely, you know, part, part of, of part of it. I mean, but it's, yeah, it's, it's I don't know yeah it's it's if you don't know how to get the head straight the rest of it's not gonna come and yeah, that's the hard be, part you can be the a badass at teaching exercises and knowing exercises but if you don't really know how to how people work in their head yeah. and how to understand them and how to meet them where they're at yeah all the exercises in the world you know aren't gonna fucking mean anything no you think Richard Simmons was a fucking amazing trainer <laughs> no. no 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 that guy impacted I all about that yeah guy. yeah that guy impacted a lot of people's lives and like why it's like his personality like he was a great coach mm-hmm. and you know you can argue with his methods all you want but man he connected with people he got through to people he motivated people like that's that's coaching he helped them get he helped carry them from a to b sometimes they got there and sometimes they didn't they struggled together like that's so again like people like to make fun of him but Man, that motherfucker impacted a lot of lives. And like I said, there's a lot of people out there who are way smarter than him. Like, can create way better programs than him. But they just can't connect. They can't fucking figure out how to connect with people. So, that's why with me, like, I had to hire... When I hired trainers, you hear, like, hire for personality. Because you can train the skills. I can teach somebody how to coach a squat. I cannot teach you how to be a nice person who actually wants to hear how somebody's weekend was. I can say those words, but people can tell I don't really give a fuck. <laughs> I'm just saying them. And so, but to genuinely care, man, hey man, how was your weekend? Is great. So I'll hire you to coach. So I'll sit over here in the corner and program because that's what I do well. But anyways, but it, I, it actually was a big part of my journey as a coach, man. Like having to learn how to connect better with people. And I got a lot better at it at the end, but... It was that was tough. I will say that was probably one of the toughest fucking parts. I bet, dude. The X's and O's. It's just that's the easy part. Sets and reps. That's easy, that's man. Easy. Super easy. But uh, yeah, connecting with people. Um, let's see here. What do we got here? After the peak is a cliff. Which you know, anytime you achieve a physical peak, man, it's there's this, the other saying too is like, you know, uh, the the rest of that is you can either step off or fall off. Like it's coming. It's coming. You're, 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 you can't maintain that razor's element. edge forever. So you'll see this sometimes with people who've like been, you know, training for a tournament or something like that. And then they're in fucking great shape. And they just, it's, it's hard for them to admit that like, I'm going to go backwards. Like I can't maintain this shape forever. And so they'll either try to maintain it and fall on their face or get they'll get frustrated. Or get frustrated. And then they'll quit. Yeah, but it's like just knowing that it's part of the natural process, man. You're going to peak. And then after that, like it's going to... And we talk about with your jiu-jitsu, man. It's like, dude, there's peaks and valleys to this shit. Constantly. Constantly. And if, you, if you're not ready for it, then it can fuck with your head. But, I mean, there's... Same thing. Same yeah. thing with fitness and health. I mean, yep. you can maintain a, a, 
decently high level, you know, but to get past that, yeah, it's, that's where it's not, you know, not sustainable. Nope. Yeah. No, you got to just let it back off and then, uh, you know, but I'm guilty of it. I come back from, I'm all fired up. I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah, dude, keep training. I'm just going to keep, keep training hard. <laughs> it's like, it's just so much fun though. It is. That's the thing with jujitsu is like, it's just, it's fucking so much fun. God, I can't wait to fucking wrestle again. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, okay. Self, self-discipline is a finite resource. I think that's, you know, the second part of that is like make yourself a slave to good habits because it kind of goes like the Jocko Wellenick thing, the mm-hmm. discipline equals freedom. Like, you know, you, you don't, you don't have a whole lot of free will. Like your, your, your self-discipline is, it's, uh, he uses the, the analogy of like a, a can of shaving cream. It's like you wake up in the morning and the thing, hopefully it's full. Some days it's not like from whatever the previous day and throughout the day you keep having to empty the damn thing. And you get to the end of the day and the thing's empty. And then you wonder like, why do I keep ending up on the couch? Not at jujitsu class, you know? And it's like, you're, it's not, yeah, you need to suck it up, but man, you just have to understand self-discipline's a finite resource. And if you're not putting things into your day that help just, just take the decision off. I don't have to make this decision. This is just my habit. This is just what I do. Then it saves that self-discipline because you're not always having to make a decision about, man, am I going to do this? What am I going to do here? So it's uh, like Dan famously has uh, six pairs of the same outfit. It's like, he's like, fuck it. I don't even want to think about what I'm going to wear. Dude, I don't, don't want to waste self-fucking-discipline on that. I'm probably, dude, I'm probably going to be, be there someday. Yeah. This sounds so enticing to me to not have to fucking think about what I'm going to wear. Yeah. I have one pair of long pants, one pair of shorts, the same fucking t-shirts. The same style. Right. And I don't have to think about it. Yep. Oh, it's warm out? It's shorts day. Yeah. It's cold out? It's pants day. Yep. Yeah. It just takes and that out, t-shirt. man. I don't have to think about it. And people don't realize, man, they're just constantly making decisions all day about stupid shit. You know, they don't have habits built in. Yeah. And then it's just, they're just, by, they just waste their self-discipline on stupid shit all day long. So it's kind of what I was talking about at the big rocks earlier. It's like, man, you got to know where to put your effort into and it takes discipline to do that because it's really easy to just waste it on other wait, shit. Yeah, answer emails and say, "Oh, I was productive today." And it's like, nope. That is, it takes self-discipline to fucking go to the library and focus on work for a couple hours. So, but uh, it isn't. It's a finite resource, man. Um, nine uh, fundamentals trump everything else. I think that is self-explanatory. Right yeah, I will say there's a, there's a kind of a secondary part to that. Another. I don't know if it was in a book or one of the, the workshops I went to with him is he said that as a coach, you will eventually become your own worst enemy because you're going to get bored of the basics. You've seen, I see, I see that jujitsu yep, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you've seen the hip bump escape yep. a million times. And so you're so tempted to fucking spice things up. Yep. And start showing some. I'm, I'm guilty of it. Me too. I'm, I'm guilty of it. Me too. But I, I, I got to remind myself. Luckily, I've had these influence. You know, these people, these quotes stand out, man. It's like, okay, like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna become my own worst enemy. You know, you want to avoid that. And I've seen it, man. I saw it with strength training. You know, it's like, dude, I've coached a fucking goblet squat so many times. Like, all right, let's try this. <laughs> and he's like, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. But it probably wasn't what they needed in the moment. The thing too is a coach, like you forget, like you're there all the time, yeah. right? Like if you coach jujitsu, man, and you coach a couple days a week and you know, you're showing the same thing and then you forget like the people that are coming in, like most people are coming in 
two, three days a week, right? So throughout a month, they're coming in eight to 12 times. That's not a lot. That's not a lot of exposure to shit. Like they're, they're not, they're not only not going to get bored, they're barely going to fucking learn. And so, yeah, you cannot get bored of the basics and the fundamentals as a coach. So it's easy to do. That. It is, man. Or or as the athlete, yep. you know, because that's the same same thing there, man. We get all enamored with some new lapel guard for. It's funny, <laughs> dude. We both did, man. We oh, got yeah. into the lapel guard for like two weeks, uh-huh. and then it was like, all right, Just I'm going back to the fucking smashing. And I mean, I still throw a lapel around every once in a while, but it's just. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, even back before surgery here when I was training, I can't remember the last time I was like going for worm guard shit. Right. But we were on that kick for a while. We were, man. We were <laughs> fucking killing people with that sweep, too. But uh, I'd have to go back and really revisit it. Yeah. 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 Well, people started getting privy to it. Yeah. That, That's that, what kind of happens. Yeah. That, that, a lot of the early cool. success was that people just did not know what the fuck was going on. Mm-hmm. And then they started. Uh, early recognition and then yeah people started oh here's how you shut down lapel guard and then it's like okay well I gotta go back to something else so um, I'm not good enough with all of the different squid and octopus and <laughs> fucking barracuda guard and all the other shit Keenan's come up with I don't know the barracuda's one I just made that sounds up sounds cool though it should be it does and then uh, yeah man last but not least take a moment to appreciate those who went before you and uh, yeah cause fuck dude and there are a lot of people who put in a lot of ta- hard time, energy, and effort to help get. I mean, wherever you're at, man. But if you're a coach for you know jujitsu, I mean, we go on. You know, all the people that fucking put in just countless. Like, like where would the world be without UFC one, man? You know, like I, the, I can't even imagine where yeah. martial arts would be. Yeah, and it's like, like I think again, I. I I like the second part about how he puts it. Like you know, know and appreciate the roots of your sport. Because, like, how many people actually know the history of jiu-jitsu? Probably not many. Like, like the real history of it. Not right. the, like, oh, it came from the Gracies and, you know, they. Might, there's, like, the surface-level legend of uh, the, the people know. But, you know, going back beyond that, like, well, where did Maeda come from? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Maeda didn't just... You worked out a deal with the Gracies. Hey, you teach my son's jiu-jitsu. I help you establish this kind right, of right. blah, blah, blah. Like, but where did Mitsumata... Right. Where, where did he where come did, from? He come right? From, yeah, right? he he didn't... It didn't start with him. So he had a he had a, a connection. He had a, a master back home. Oh, Jigaro Kano, which... Again, like, dude, how many people, like, to do jiu-jitsu have no clue who Jigaro Kano is? The Kodokan Judo Institute? Yes. There would, there would not be... Brazilian jiu-jitsu without Jigaro Kano. Like, he was the guy that sent Mitsumata, Mitsuyato Maeda out to prove the worth of judo. And and that was the whole thing. And, like, judo is connected to jiu-jitsu. And, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's good. Like, jiu-jitsu is the original hand-to-hand samurai combat art. So speaking of that, yes, should we have a little debate on whether Ashigarami? Yes, <laughs> yes, Ashigarami is good for fucking self defense. <laughs> it won't be so much of a debate as much as an is a opportunity to make fun of my Dude. coaching the other night. <laughs> I'm st- I was laughing about that this morning on the drive over. Oh man. Yes. Yeah. No. I was. Uh, um, Yes, we can debate the, the merits of Ashigurami for self-defense. Yes, yeah, so just for backstory, for context, for the 
<laughs> few listeners out there. James was teaching class the other night, and you were teaching uh, straight ankle lock. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. From the Just single leg X. Single leg X into, you know, the Ashigurami yeah. position. And you had made the comment, something about this would, you want to control both legs. And yes. Sell, and I, think, I think you said you want to not only control the leg you're attacking, but control the other leg. That's really good for a self-defense situation also. There's something along those Some lines. Some of those lines. Even in like a self-defense situation, you'd, want, really, to control you'd want to control both legs. And then yeah. I was over there riding the Airdyne, just you know, watching this. <laughs> As I said it, I'm like, As what? You, you said it, and I had to control myself not to laugh out loud right there. I was like, All right, I'm just gonna, I was like I gotta, I'll let this go until everybody starts practicing. Once everybody starts practicing, I gotta fucking call James out on that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I come over there. Did you really just explain... The fucking application of <laughs> self-defense, single, benefits. self-defense benefits of single leg X to the fucking fundamentals class. <laughs> I was like, man, I don't know why I said that. It was, it, it just, it popped into my head. You know, I was sitting there and it's just, I was just trying to emphasize. And again, like for people that like, uh, controlling the secondary leg, like, you know, John Donaher talks about it. Um, Roley, uh, who's our kind of leg lock, uh, what do you want to call go-to. him? Go-to guy. Uh, he comes and visits and gives us a bunch of great advice. You know, he was talking about this last couple of visits ago about like, get the second leg. Grab, don't just get the leg you're getting, but get that other fucking leg too. Control that second leg. It makes sweeping easier. It makes finishing submissions easier. And again, like Donahue's kind of articulated a little bit more as far as like, it shuts down a lot of their escape attempts and, um, you know, things like that. But the, so I, and so I was talking, saying like, you want to control this leg, and then I'm sitting there holding it, and I was sitting, there, and it literally was like, as I was thinking, I was, it was like a stream of consciousness coming out. I was like, man, even in like a self defense situation, this would be better because they can't sit up to punch you. You've got their legs, so they can't kick you, and it's way easier for you to get up. So, but like, I didn't say all that. It was just what I was thinking. But it was, it was like this stream of consciousness thing. But, uh, um, but man, I mean, you know, we laugh about it, but as we talked about it, you're like, ah, you know, controlling that second leg, if you're, if you're gonna find yourself in that position in some sort of self-defense situation, you probably do want to control that secondary leg. Like it does make that position safer and a little more effective in a you, self-defense you situation. Can't, I cannot argue that. Right. That yes, if. For some fucking reason, you were in that position in a self-defense situation. It would be ideal to grab the other leg because that guy is going to try to fucking stomp you in the face. Yes. Yep. And you're not going to be able to control that leg very long, you know. So that's why you would never teach somebody to do that in self-defense. That's why I was funny. Is like in self-defense, you teach them to get the fuck up and either run or get on top. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 But like, yeah, because you and that even helps getting up on top, like right. controlling that second leg. So, because what they have to do for them to try to kick free, they're just, it, it's like, man, you can just fucking ride that up right. kind of thing. So, but it's if you get the leg grabbed before you get kicked in the fucking head. Right, yes. With boots on. Yeah. Someone's yeah, going to yeah. still pull boots on. Because again, something went wrong, right? Like, <laughs> something I, went drastically wrong. At no point was I suggesting, hey, you know what? Somebody talks shit, you just fucking pull single leg pull X. Pull single leg X. That's right, man. Just get them. They try to take your wallet, pull single leg That's X. That's right. Say, so, hey, man, you see that? Grass over there? Can we go over there? <laughs> it would be a lot easier for me. It's a lot easier like over there. But, you know, dude, somebody pushes you or whatever. You get knocked on your ass and they come bum-rushing you. 
and you know some fucking leg entanglement shit and can sweep them. Like most people don't know. You can buy yourself some time. Fucking a, dude. Yeah. Like in in, in uh, I mean, you see it. It's even it's it is what it is. But like you know, you see it in mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. Like fucking people can they get a hold of your legs and entangle you and knock you over and it's like oh now all of a sudden you're not on top anymore so um yeah like i said i don't think it's a, a primary strategy but it was more a stream of consciousness right. thing but uh i will stand by that when i come out with my single leg x self-defense uh instructional i'm gonna stick, i'll endorse it i'll stick by I'll that give, like the forward to it that's right so. yes <laughs> my fucking inverted donkey guard <laughs> to single leg x single leg x Bouncing on my neck on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Seems legit. It does. So. Safe. Yeah. No, I don't, uh, I don't endorse single leg X for. Self-defense. For self-defense. But if you find yourself there, right? Listen. It doesn't create the situation. It just enhances it. But it will it. enhance it. That's right. Okay. Have you got to use that while coaching yet? I haven't. I've thrown it around a few times, like, with yeah, here and there. Kevin's still gone next week, right? Yeah. You coach it next week, same days, Tuesday, yeah. Wednesday? Yeah, I know that's got to be one of those things. I got to make a mental note. Got to make that happen. I'll try. Like the, uh, I will send a reminder in my phone. The, the like the to send you a text on Tuesday prior to class. Okay, enhance the situation. I'll just send that text. That's right. Enhance the situation. Enhance the situation. Yeah. I might be coaching tonight. I don't know. Ooh, are you? No, uh, the schedule said Angela. Angela. I it was on Kevin's desk. Okay. Tim. Tim had Monday, Thursday. You had Tuesday, Wednesday, and Coach Angela was there today. Coach Angela's there today. All right. Well, so then I won't enhance anybody's situation. <laughs> Maybe when I'm rolling, I'll whisper it in somebody's ear. This is enhancing yeah, the situation. Yeah, like this situation's already been created. I'm just about to enhance it. <laughs> <laughs> Make someone really uncomfortable. Especially if you're saying that. The right. Whis- whispery. Yes, the whispery, throaty voice. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> might trigger a panic response. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it might turn into MMA pretty fast. You're getting fucking punched. I know. So, yeah. I was talking with Kelly about that. Like, there is there is a fine line. You don't want to make people too uncomfortable too quickly. No. So, so you got to have them really cornered. <laughs> then you can fucking make them uncomfortable. <laughs> Once they got no escapes left. No escapes and you're free from all limbs. That's right. That's right. But until that, you got to keep them... Gotta keep them semi comfortable, <laughs> not completely uncomfortable. So, so yeah, man. What else you got, man? That's it. That's it. I think that was pretty good. They came out. They uh, came out in the news with uh, TJ got popped in EPO. Yes. I don't know if that, I said Anavar. I can't remember if I guessed EPO. I knew that I would have guessed that if I would have had to narrow it down to two or three. Dude, EPO extracurricular supplements fucking... he was taking. I could see him doing that. Yeah. For sure. He's, I just, not a, he's not a big dude. He's just ripped. He's yeah, one hundred thirty-five, one hundred forty-five pounds. Yeah, and uh, well, EPO is the, EPO is the, the would be would be if I if I was his chemist, that would probably and I'm not an expert by any means, but from what I know, I'd be like, hey, yeah, you want to do some illegal shit? EPO is probably probably the way to go. Dude, he's trying to outwork everybody. Yeah. I mean, that's his that's his style. So yeah, I guess the um, so he tested positive for. The Richard Cejudo fight. The Henry Cejudo. Henry Cejudo. Uh, sorry. Henry and then Henry yeah, Cejudo. then he went back and tested him for the Cody fight. Yes. Yep. He yeah, yeah, yeah. Dirty in that one too. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, man, that's it's. Uh, it's a bummer. It is a bummer. I I don't know. It's it's only but to me it's only a bummer to a certain extent. It do it still doesn't tarnish in my eyes. 
he's still a fucking hell of a fighter. Well, and yeah. this shit doesn't make him more skillful. Man. No, it doesn't make him more skillful. But, dude, EPO is a tough one. Because EPO is... That is a performance-enhancing yes. drug. Like, we argue For all sure. the time about, like, what is it? Like, people say steroids are a performance-enhancing drug. No, they're not. They are a recovery, recovery drug. drug. You don't stick a... You know, take a fucking shot of testosterone on your ass, and 15 minutes later, you're, you know, Superman. Stronger than you you're were. stronger than you were. You take EPO... And it increases your endurance. There is a, it's not a recovery drug. It is a direct recovery, like performance enhancer. Does it help recovery? I mean, I don't know enough about this. I'm sure it does, man. I'm sure that it does. I mean, you got more oxygen, basically, right? Like you're carrying more, you got more oxygen carrying red blood cells. But if he, but if, in my eyes, if he's willing to take that, then he can do more while he's training. So, he's gonna, so then he'd probably take something else to help him recover more, too. So oh, I'm saying, sure that wasn't the, that wasn't only, the only thing. thing. That was just what they found whatever they... Yeah, somehow they fucked up their cycle. Yeah, and that's what he got off. he got caught with. And uh, But yeah, I don't think he wants them digging around too deep. I think that's I, why he just I, said, I'm out. Yep. I'll take whatever you want. I'm not going to appeal. Like I don't want you guys digging the back media, too far. As soon as they got, the news got released that a positive test was found for him... Yeah. Oh, but actually, let's back back up. If I remember the the storyline, before that, Usada made it public. He gave it, he came out and made it public. If I remember right, he 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 posted first on Twitter. Yeah. Said you know I failed the Usada test. I'm really pushing my title. Like he did. Yeah. Like you said, he doesn't want him poking around. No. I thought that same thing. I, I was I was like, hmm, that's interesting. That's an interesting play. Cause yeah, he, he's not arguing it at all. Nothing. There's nothing. nothing. He's like, nope. He's I like, shot it right. my ass. That You're right. It. Two year ban. Okay, okay, cool. Thank you. Like, can we go now? <laughs> like, so I'm wondering if him and that mad scientist he's got in the garage that's been training him it is a mad scientist. Yeah, they, they got some serious concoctions going on. <sighs> Maybe, man. You mean like fucking old Balco Lab style? I know. I, I want. Who are the other? Because he's training with a handful of guys that train there with him. Mm-hmm. It'll be interested to see. If those guys pop, yeah, that that'll tell you that'll tell you a lot right there. Yeah, After, there's, yeah there, there's a few other guys up and coming smaller guys like TJ that were in there training too. Yeah, yeah, I'd be interested to see if they pop too. Man, that's yeah, that was uh, yeah, there were a lot of people who had their reputation. I mean, old you know Dwayne Bang, like that was his boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, he's one of the faces of that yeah, guy. Exactly, man. I mean, he's he is the face. I mean, who else does he have in, in MMA? Some other guys, but not nowhere near that. Yeah, game. not like him. Nowhere near the yeah. TJ. So, the variety of TJ. Yeah, that's a, that's definitely a blow blow for him. And again, man, like you hate to... I mean, you feel... It's one of two things, man. Either, either the coach is new and they were in on it, and then it's like, well, you know, you guys were just... You knew it, man. You knew that this may come to an end. Like you knew that you guys were rolling the dice and you were profiting off of the reputation of an athlete that was cheating, um, or else they didn't know. And man, that sucks. That sucks to find out. Like holy shit, because like, like how much of his success, you know? Because especially his fighting style. Like that's the thing. It'd be one. It's like his fighting style is so high energy. So you can completely see where EPO benefited him or would be beneficial so it's you know it's like man I have a hard time believing 
that a coach that uh, that's coaching at that higher level wouldn't notice that his his athlete was on something. Because I'm nowhere near the experience level of those those coaches. Yeah. And I've trained with a lot of people. Dude, I can a lot of times I could probably pick out if somebody's on something, especially if I spend enough time with them. Yeah, you, you just start to see what their what their work capacity and stuff usually is. What the work like, and you and you know what they're doing on a regular basis. Yeah. And I know what's basically capable from a human being, a normal human being, and what's not. You can see that. Yeah. You know what I mean? You and I. I mean, you've seen enough humans. You've seen yeah. enough people. Yeah. You know what's. You know people are genetic freaks and can do more than others, but even that accounted for. You've seen enough humans. I yep. bet you. I bet you. You'd be pretty fucking good picking out like, hey. What's going on? Yeah, no, I know. There's that. There's, 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 there's that. The suspicion, right? Because you know? even then, there's way more than just like the eyeball test, right? That's the thing that gets me is people still are like, "He doesn't look like it." It's like Jesus fucking H Christ, man! Like in this day and age, we've known since the fucking '90s how to like get people strong with steroids without making right. them big. I mean, it's just not how. I mean, because that was that was an argument in baseball against pitchers. Remember, everybody was like, you know, well, the batters are obviously on you know, the juice, but like, what would be the benefit for pitchers, you know, and look at them. And it's like, and then you find out that they were fucking cheating just as much as the batters were. It's just people's ignorance about how this shit works. But, um, no, I, I totally agree, man. I think that it would be tough to know an athlete intimately and not be able to notice like, whoa, man, like your work capacity is dramatically improved. And, you know, but again, man, like maybe you just, you want to believe, mm-hmm. you know, you trust them. And they're saying like, nah, dude, this new fucking. I'm good. I'm just eating clean. I'm resting good. That's Everything's right. just fucking. Everything's just coming together, coming coach. Together, Everything's man. coming together. I got the training lab guys got me fucking dialed in and all that stuff. So it sucks, man. It does, it does suck. It's I just I wish they just just let them do whatever. I mean, EPO is definitely one of those drugs that, dude, you don't want to take that shit. Like, cause you people fucking die from that. Like they have had people die from their blood getting too thick yep. from too much EPO. And so that's one of those ones you definitely want to be having somebody, some med- somebody knows somebody, yeah, some medical professional keeping an eye monitoring on that yeah. shit, man. But you athletes get, you know, into these dark corners and they're taking EPO, hoping it actually is EPO. And dude, I hope this doesn't spawn some fucking young kid, not kid, but like some young athlete up up and coming, you know, fighter. Like, oh, I should try EPO. Get they get their hands on it and they're not. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. Yeah. You know, that's that's always a concern. Like, man, EPO's an interesting one. Because I wonder, like... I wonder how easy it is to come by. You know, because your basic steroids are pretty fucking easy to come by this day and age. Yeah. You know, your tests, your, your sustenons, your D-balls and shit. Like, if you want it, you can find it pretty easy. Yeah. I, I, I've never even thought about trying to, like, find EPO or... I have no idea where to even begin. No. I don't, I don't know enough shady people. To... I don't either, man. It'd be like finding myself with a bag full of cocaine. I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I don't know where to go with this. So, yeah, I wouldn't know where to. But, yeah, I think they just let them fucking do what they want, man. Yeah, that's what I think. I, you know, I was, I was tossing this idea around. Yeah, one, just fucking quit testing them. Like, who cares? Or two, you know, the other, you, there, there's a couple solutions I thought of. One, you could have the, the Uber untested league. And then a clean league, like they do with bodybuilding. The natural and the whatever, the freaks. See how successful they are. Yep. You know, just try that method. Or 
just stop testing and go pride days and encourage it. Like, fuck it. You guys want to juice the tits? Juice. Makes more entertaining for us. Yeah. I'm, I don't have a problem with that. Fuck it. Or three, have the fighters decide in their contracts. Okay, Cowboy wants to fight McGregor. They decide, they decide, hey, are we going to test each other for this or are we just wild, wild west? Is my put chemist it, better than your chemist? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Put it to, you know, put it up to the fighters. Yeah. You know, and make that part of the thing. Like, hey, this guy wants to fight, but he doesn't want to test. You know, do you, do you want to fight him? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if that would ever work. I don't know. I don't know. Unfortunately, I think the only, the, like, the best answer is kind of what we're doing. Because the thing is, you're not going to stop people. You're not going to stop it. From, well, but everyone's going to push the edge, man. It doesn't matter where you put the edge. It's going to get Someone's going to push it. And so, I guess, like, the argument could be made that, like, well, look, we know they're going to push that edge. So why are we going to put the edge way out there? Like, thinking that, like, oh, they're not going to push the edge because we put it way out there. It's like, no, some motherfucker is going to, like, try to become Ronnie Coleman. That's what, as you're saying this, I'm wondering, okay, because bodybuilding is a program. We have a case study. You know, like. Yes. We know what happens. Like, the bodybuilders nowadays are so not human looking. No. You know, they get their guts, you know, their, their big old round bellies. I mean, they got six eight-packs. But it looks like they're fucking eight months pregnant. Yeah. You know, the bellies hang way out when they're not relaxed. Like, it's weird. It's a weird, weird thing. Like, these guys don't look like the same species. That's just because they're taking it to another level. Right, yeah. What would that look like in MMA? Right. If they had a untested league and they said it's a wild west, what would that morph into? Yeah. I'm curious. So eventually, you get to the point where, like, can you, you couldn't even compete unless you were willing because somebody's going to take it. <laughs> fucking way too far way too, way far. too far I mean old Paul Harris is kind of pushing those fucking or uh what's his name yeah um Paul Harris yeah yeah, Paul yeah, yeah, yeah yeah Paul Harris yeah yeah I mean he's he looks like he's kind of fucking like tinkering with those cause again he competes in untested grappling competitions right. so you kind of see like he's like oh fuck man that dude's a gorilla <laughs> and a half <laughs> Which would be entertaining as fuck to fuck, watch, fuck, man. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But it's the Coliseum. Yeah. You know, to me, god damn it, I don't know what I would do. I don't know what I would do. I guess I would just fuck. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a good solution. I think those options I threw out. The problem is, like, the untested league is going to be like watching the WNBA. Like, why on earth are you going to want to watch a bunch of skinny, slow... You mean the Tested League? No. Yeah. the un... I mean the Tested League. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Tested League. Like, people who say, like, no, I want to I want to fight clean. I'm going to be in the Tested League. Like... Nah, I don't think so, man. No? <laughs> you don't think people are going to be so used to watching goddamn gorillas, like, beat the fuck yeah. out of each other? I guess you're right. Cause it's going to be like watching WWE. Like, that's what's yeah. going to happen. Everybody's going to look like a fucking character from the WWE. <laughs> yes. I want to see that's that. That's what we're going to have. I want to see that. Like, you, They're yeah. just beating the fuck out of each other. They're yes. like skilled fighters. Skilled fighters. Athletic, skilled fighters who but look like... But there's still weight classes, so not everybody's going to be gigantic. I know. But I still have the weight classes. I know. So not everybody's going to look like The Rock. No. You know... But everybody, but, but you'll have your versions of that. You'll have that. You have a lot of more Sean Shirks, man. Yeah, Remember that motherfucker, muscle the muscle shark. The muscle shark. Yes. shark. Dude, I forgot about that guy. That's fucking badass throwback, dude. Oh yeah, the muscle shark song, Sean Shirk. He was a little tank, dude. dude yes, he was. Uh, God damn, I forgot about that guy. But 
I mean, you're going to tell me like you're going to watch some normal dudes after watching a few fights with fucking freaks like that going at it? It's like, no, you're not. That's the, then that's why I'm like, man, I I hate to say it, but on some level, because everyone's, it's like, dude, if, if, I I don't think that everyone's clean. I don't think all this USADA shit is uh, created a clean MMA. I believe it's created a shift in what they're doing. Not that they're not doing anything anymore. And so... Oh, there's a lot of guys that are still... Oh, yeah. That are still doing something. Right, man. And so it's it's uh, it's like the old joke. It's like it's more of an IQ test than a fucking real drug test. And so... Um, yeah, man. And so you're, you're, you're just trying to... People are doing shit. You're not going to stop them. So like I said, maybe the answer is like, look, we're trying to put the line here because we know you motherfuckers are going to take it. Wherever the line is, you're going to go past it. I would like to see it. Just let us see what happens. Just take the reins off and then let it go. I want to see where it would go. Yeah. I do that. I think if you had to put a gun to my head, that you have to pick one strategy, that would be my strategy. I would. It would be entertaining for me. But again, like me getting this is like the same James. He can't tell you how I'm going to dispose of a body because I just get too fucking too introspective. Much. I think about it too much. But you know, they they are human beings. Mm-hmm. Like they do have a life outside of that ring and after the ring yeah but no one's forcing them to do it they can make that decision no 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 I know I know but dude you know people that aren't good at making fucking they can all, short they, term decisions no in your they, 20s no <laughs> then you know the UFC could offer bonuses for being clean something like that like hey we're testing like a motherfucker or yeah I don't know how they would do it but like yeah if you guys you guys can still fight if you test dirty we don't give a fuck but if you test clean here's an extra 100 G's or something, you know, something like that. Yeah, it's still like an IQ test. I mean, there would still be, be cheaters. cheating. There would still be cheaters. Yeah, yeah. There would definitely still be cheaters. Yeah, I don't know, man. I'm glad I'm not in charge. Like, it, it is, it is a bummer. You know, to, but he's still a hell of a fighter, man. I, I don't care whether you want to call him a cheater or not. Like, he's a skillful motherfucker, and that doesn't take away from that. No, well, and he's man, putting a lot of hard work. He is. Yeah, yeah, they. they I, 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 I don't know why I'm trying to like go Team TJ, but and he's just, I don't know. Everybody's juicing. He just got caught. He got caught. I know. He just got caught. That, that, that's my mindset. I mean, yeah. maybe not everybody, but yeah. the odds are, yeah, man, he wanted an edge. He wanted to win. He's an ultra competitive motherfucker. Are you, are we surprised? I'm not. No. And there was some people, I, I was reading some articles that were surprised. I'm like, really? You're fucking surprised that he was on something? Like, get out of here. I, I am just from like, I'm a little surprised because he was a brand. Like, I thought that he really, you know what I mean? Like, he's brand TJ Dillashaw. Like, he's, you know what I mean? Like, he, unlike a lot of fighters, like, he actually, he's kind of built it and understands, like, you know, he has his own businesses outside of that. Like I said, he's associated himself with Dwayne Bang and and the training lab. So there's, like, there's the TJ Dillashaw brand. Right. And, like, as as you see... That brand is suffers if you get caught, and so like I will say, like I was a little surprised from that standpoint. Like man, for like, but he's fully aware of that gamble. Yeah, he he knew he knew he's gambling his brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. But that that for me, that's the only thing. Just that that he you know, being brand Dillashaw and knowing that. I mean, he's like more than like. Like John Jones, you know, like I don't even. I think he's probably better at like a brand, creating a brand than John Jones. 
Like, who's John Jones associated with outside of UFC? Nobody. Uh, right. You know, but that's what I'm saying. So you could even, like, you know, John Jones, he's out fucking partying and, right, just, you know, he's, himself. he's a he's fucking wild man. man. Right. Yeah, he's himself. But it's like, dude, you're trying to be a businessman. You're trying to, like, present yourself in this clean cut, uh, I don't know. I, I've told you before, like, there's something about him that always kind of rubbed me wrong a little bit. He's just a little hubris. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but actually, now we realize, like, he just knew something we didn't. Like, <laughs> that's what that smile was. <laughs> you motherfuckers can't keep up. You motherfuckers don't know. I know 15 rounds. That's right. My blood's so thick right now. I gotta be on the ex- <laughs> I was on the exercise bike up until the second I had to walk out here. Just to my, keep- I gotta keep my heart rate at 160 just to not die. Yeah. Like what, was that, what was that fucking movie? Um, oh, uh, uh, that's her crank. Yeah, crank. That's a ringtone yes. I got on my phone, Justin. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, every time. That's I've had the crank ringtone on my phone for like fucking ten years. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's got to keep his heart, his adrenaline going, yeah. or else he dies. That's right. Yeah. Because the Chinese gangsters. That's right. Gave him the shot. It's funny. It's just a fucking human body version of uh, um, Speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good movie. You had to keep the bus. That fucking movie was ridiculous. Speed. Speed. Yeah. yeah. Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock. That's right. Where they jump the fucking bus on oh, the yeah. overpass. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, man. So ridiculous shit. Crank Two was very ridiculous. Yeah, I haven't seen that one. It's weird. Is it? Straight to DVD. I'm pretty sure. Right. Well, we can't all be masterpieces. No. It's hard so. to keep up with Crank One. Right? <laughs> it was such an Oscar winning performance. Such a great movie. Yeah. It's good action shit. So. Yeah. Cool, yeah, man. What else you got? Man, that's it. I think maybe we should save our health versus fitness okay, we're subject we're for next week. Two hours in. Yeah, no one's listening anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we lost them 15 minutes ago. <laughs> maybe 20. That is possible. So. But we lost it from the jump. Yeah, we could keep going, but I don't know if they want to hear it. So we'll we'll save it for next week. Sounds now we good. got a subject for next week. So tune in to hear us debate health versus fitness. Wonderful. Yeah. Cool. So see ya. Okay, brother. Talk to you later. Talk to you guys later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. I'll hurt me now, Doggy stool, foggy cool, got a froggy outside Molly, dude. Now they're calling Daisy Duke, hanging by the lace of their shoes. No trace of the tools, shaped in your face, fuck the rules. Snooze, you lose. One eye always open, it times two. No clue, but soon a brief monsoon might give you a view to choose. Stay tuned, include, won't conclude. Till the end is near, beware, there's consequences, but what you do. Yeah.